No one has better information than Weather Central. Adam Curry, John C. Devore. It's Sunday, February 6, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 276. This is No Agenda. Throwing shoes at the moochers and loochers of Gitmo Nation from my perch at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center here in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's not Sunday, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah. You know, I uh, I booked a trip up to um, San Francisco. I'm leaving this afternoon. I'm like, wow, these tickets are really cheap. Yeah. Well, I figured out why. Oh, because it's Super Bowl <laughs> Super Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, and I, I care so much. Anywhere. I Smart care idea. I care so much about it that I like. Oh, I'll just go up there. At the I've end traveled of the day. on Christmas. It's like the same thing. Yeah, it's awesome. The airports are empty. The <laughs> tickets are cheap. Yeah. The next day, of course, the ticket price skyrockets. In the morning yeah. to you, uh, John. In the morning to you, Adam. And in the morning to all ships at sea, feet and apparently cows on the ground. <laughs> Boots on the ground. Wings in the skies. Ships at sea. Foots in the ocean. Checks in the mail. Bakers in the kitchen. Dung in the pit. Astronauts manning the, Mar- the moon and Mars base stations. Anyone currently napping for humanity. Hams on the air. And human resources throwing shoes and boots everywhere, especially the chat room. At uh, noagendastream.com in the morning to you. I hope you're all charged up the way your government loves you and needs you to be. We started a revolution yesterday, John. I did a, a daily source code. And uh, and I you know I, I basically called for the revolution, which we uh, spoke about on uh, Thursday's episode 275. So we've got to start throwing shoes. At, I thought uh, you were talking about the nap revolution. Well, no, that's uh, after you nap. Or maybe you can throw a shoe and then nap. But, uh, How about doing both at the same time? Huh? <laughs> You're really good if you can do that. And what happened was is people started a, a virtual shoe throw. And you have no idea how many songs there are that contain the word shoe in it, in the title or <laughs> in the lyric. It's quite a lot. We had a virtual shoe box filled. So uh, I once again call for the revolution. And I think it's a good one. I think we need to throw more shoes at uh, political leaders, anyone who's who elitist and is telling you what to do, just throw your shoe at him. I like it. It's uh, it's what this revolution should be. You know who else likes it? Sketchers. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we could actually get a commercial tie-in. We could have them uh, sponsor the show. We could get Sketchers. Throw your shoe for Sketchers. <laughs> I finally figured out, by the way, what's behind the whole Egyptian uh, revolution thing. Or as uh, I saw... Besides besides oil and the yes. economic hitmen? Well, now it's uh, rage and revolution. That's what I saw this morning on... Uh, rage it's, what, it's like a rage and revolution in Egypt. No, I, I figured it out. It, 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 it took me a while to find it, but uh, some sleuthing uh, coming out in 3D... Angelina Jolie reprises Elizabeth Taylor's role as Cleopatra. Well, that's pretty much. When we, I, I know this is one of our basic tenets. <laughs> yeah, it and might be a stretch. A stretch. <laughs> it's a stretch. <laughs> I like it though. Why not? Why not? You I know, mean, been, every news item that we've been covering over the last uh, three years, two years, three yeah. years has always been linked to some role out of some movie. Absolutely. So why wouldn't this be? I mean, this is just taking it to a new level. I think it was a, a little bit in limbo, and it uh, and and it wasn't quite ready for um, 
uh, for production, but I think they've it's been green-lighted. <laughs> oh, now for sure. <laughs> I think we're good to go. There was something else I said. What would I find here? Hold on. I found a... Um, let me see. Oh, here it is. The real reason for the Egyptian revolution. A little clip for you in the morning, everybody. Reporters in the middle of the crisis and risking their lives to bring you the news as it happens. Journalists have always entered dangerous areas. That's part of the thrill for them. But it's not such a thrilling backdrop for Hollywood actors. Angelina Jolie has been in talks to play Cleopatra See? in a 3D blockbuster movie. See? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's there, right? It's uh, yeah, it's, it's propagating. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> They're ready for it. <laughs> I love it. Why not? <laughs> Why not, people? It's good. So, uh, well, I've got another one, little, little tidbit here on this crazy thing. Uh, my favorite thing of the week was this guy, uh, Frank Wisner. Mm-hmm. So they send this. This is the envoy. They're going to send to Egypt to tell Mubarak to quit. Do what, do what, what do we know about him? What do we know about his well, background? Well, we know that he used to work for the Carter administration. Okay. and. uh as a uh, diplomat of some sort, and then he went into consulting, where he became rich. A, well, rich. Well, he became rich, <laughs> and he also ended up working uh, coincidentally for the Egyptian government on behalf of Mubarak. Oh, really? So they send him <laughs> over, not. and he they send him over, and he botches the deal. No, he blew it. <laughs> I have the clip here of him talk coming back, and so the White House denounced his his commentary, saying uh. it's just his personal opinion. Play the clip, and then I'll I'll tell you the basic what really happened. But the under pressure president received some unlikely support from a top American official. The man the U.S. sent to Cairo to help solve the crisis said he wasn't sure Mubarak should go now. President Mubarak's continued leadership is critical. It's his opportunity to write his own legacy. He's given 60 years of his life to the service of his country. This is an ideal moment for him to show the way forward. The White House disowned the comments, saying they were private views. The Mubarak <laughs> government is keen to show it's changing. And uh, that's great. Now, was he actually an envoy sent from the White House or from the yeah, State Department? Yeah. You sure it's not from the State Department that he wasn't Well, from- no, it was sent uh, via the White House, but... First thing I thought was, well, who would be behind such a such a such a gaffe? But the State Department, because Hillary, right? It must be the evil hand of Hillary. So I so I just said, there's got to be, she's got to be behind it. There's no real coverage of this, <laughs> right? But I did uh, Google Frank Weisner and Hillary Clinton, and it turns out that Blake Howell, or I guess it's Housel, uh, from Foreign Policy magazine. Twittered that it was Hillary who said, who 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 recommended him. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, and the, I think that there's there's still this internal rift going on between um, uh, Hillary and Obama because there was another report. There's this uh, ambassador to uh, Luxembourg. Her name is Cynthia Strom, and she's a total elitist. She's like uh, you know, businesswoman. And she raised half a million dollars, which apparently uh, that's a, that's then you're one of the top like bundlers for uh, for the Obama campaign for the Obama election campaign. Yeah, and uh, she got a cushy little uh, ambassadorship in Luxembourg. Which let's face it, all you're doing is just like you're holding the door open when people come to get their money. There's nothing going on. It's just banking. That's all that Luxembourg is. Yeah, it's like being the, the probably the cushiest. Uh, it's uh, a great uh, job. The better one is the Vatican, apparently. 
But think about it. All we'd have to do, and we could do a co-ambassadorship. All we'd have to do is raise $500 million for the next president. doesn't matter who it is. And we, we too, can be ambassadors somewhere. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's a great – I thought it would be much more. Half a million's nothing. Anyway, so, uh, so she is the top fundraiser for Obama. She gets uh, this great ambassadorship. <laughs> and then the State Department uh, has done an investigation, and they release the document. It's redacted here and there, but actually says, like, um, unclassified yet sensitive <laughs> is what the document is titled. And it turns out uh, her confrontational management style, including issues with alcohol, <laughs> uh, all kinds of problems that uh, Hillary has thrown her out. She's been fired as ambassador. And you know that that's a personal vendetta. Oh, yeah. Totally. Well, I'm wondering when, uh, you know, Hillary, because of this situation by sending this bonehead to Egypt, you know, this stooge from Mubarak as our representative right. to straighten things out. I'm wondering how much, be, I mean, we only know about a couple of these things. How much damage is Hillary actually doing to the Obama administration behind it? Probably back? a lot more than we know. Probably a, a lot more. It's got to be a lot yeah. more because yeah. she's got, got in getting into a last-ditch last situation because Obama's uh, numbers have gone up since the Egyptian thing. Yeah. He, uh, you know, his, he's going to be harder to unseat in 2012 by, by the Republicans or their, their own party. I mean, to, to get a, a sit, sitting president out and so you can run it's a little harder. Yeah. really hard really to hard. do, and it's very rare that it happens. In fact, I don't know that it's ever happened in our lifetimes. Whatever the case, I mean... It, well, now, it, you know, but, but the Clintons, they're a team, of course, uh, yeah. and, and they're moving in. And uh, I see on February 24th, Bill Clinton uh, has a, there's a whole special running on the, uh, the network formerly known as General Electrics. And uh, he is being hailed as the president of the world. That's the title of the, uh, of the special. Bill Clinton, wow. president of the world. Oh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> they've got their buddies. And that's, that's probably like one of these where uh, Obama gave uh, General Electric all these waivers for the, you know, the machinery they're building so they don't have to pay carbon taxes. And then uh, Bill and Hillary go, oh, yeah? They don't pay oh, much yeah? carbon oh, yeah? tax at all, those guys. Yeah, but carbon taxes is additional. I paid my electricity bill. It went up again. Did yours go up? Have you known? Do you pay the bill, or does uh, Mimi pay the bill? Who, who she pays? pays the bill. I don't no. pay the bill. I'll have to ask her. It's always going up. Yeah, but it seems like there's, but half of it's taxes now. Oh yeah, lots of taxes. It's crazy. Anyway, so I'm sure that Bill and Hillary are going. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Watch this. We're just going to have General Electric call us President of the World, bitches. So I have to assume that Obama has Hillary, you know, in that position because it's better to keep your enemies close, kind of thing. Sure. But she is, I think she must be screwing stuff up all over the place. I mean, this is just one lone example, and it's, it still hasn't been really brought out much, even though the White she, House is quite she may ha She may have tripped the uh, the Egyptian revolution early just, just to trip Obama up. I wouldn't put it past her. Whatever the case is, it's, uh, he's going to, you know, he should fire her. That put a crimp in her plans. Just fire her for incompetence. Wow, <laughs> that'll be the day. Yeah. <laughs> that'll that'll be the day. That's when you wind up with uh, two in the head and the gun in your left hand. It's like, ah, oh, he fell on his pistol. Well, that really sucks. He was cleaning it and went off. Now, you don't want to cross the Clintons like that, man. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I'm just saying, that's what he, you know, if he had any, any balls, that's what he'd do. Right on. But, I don't know about right on, what was this, the 60s? Let's thank some producers. It's groovy, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, wow. we may not have an ambassadorship just yet. But we, yeah, no. Well, we didn't get one this show. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, really? Is it not good? No, well, it's okay. I mean, it's it's you know credible. We do have an executive producer, an associate executive producer, and a member of the two seventy six. Oh, that's nice. Club. That's nice. So our executive producer for today's show is Dave Selden from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but his payments to be credited to his buddy Mickey Kennedy uh, of E Releases, who is working towards a, an eventual knighthood. Previous three ninety nine donation way back in December two thousand October two thousand nine. Uh, so Mickey gets his three hundred eight dollars and uh, three hundred five dollars and eight cents. That's an executive producer, associate executive producer, and exclusive member of the two seven six club is Chris. Okay, here we go. It, I, th- I think it may be Heelan. Uh, you don't have a location there, but he says uh, Gitmo Nation. No, he's Brussels. Brussels. Haiku. Oh, it doesn't say that on my sheet. Did I get an old, an older version? No, it says greetings from Gitmo Nation Haiku Brussels. Oh, there you go. Well, yep, there you go. I'd like to become a member of the two six seven two six black two seven six club. Sorry about that. And I didn't get enough sleep, and would appreciate a ringtone as I think John's pronunciation of my name is hilarious. However, Adam, please pronounce it first, as otherwise John will say Chris Geelan, which means something like Chris Horny. Hey, Chris Geelan, the phone's ringing. It's Chris <laughs> Geilan with an I before E, pronounced in Flemish. Due to the time difference, by the time I hear this, it will be the 7th of February, which is my 44th birthday, so we have him on the list. Do we have him on the list? It's exactly what, you, what he didn't want you to do. You did. You said Geilan. It's not Geilan. No, but he wants me to botch it so he can make it a ringtone. Okay, so why don't you say this? Uh, Lekker geil, Chris Gielen, je telefoon gaat. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. Did you just spit all over the place? Yeah. I mean, what did you, you sound like you're speaking Arabic. Yeah. It's not, hey, not it far from again. it. Lekker geil. What? Lekker geil. Lekker geil. <laughs> Chris Gielen, je telefoon gaat. Lekker geil, Chris Gielen, je telefoon gaat. <laughs> a little tip whenever someone speaks a foreign language and you don't never repeat exactly what they say it's just a, it's a tip it's a life tip it'll, it'll be good for you throughout your years john trust me a couple of pr mentions before we uh, move on and we thank uh, uh dave so much and of course uh, chris Heelan for their support of uh, noah gen episode 276 uh although Light on the uh, producer and associate executive producerships. Uh, nice to see a 276 Club member in there. Um, 277 Club, open for business. That's right. Uh, so the door closes officially on 276. Uh, one of our producers who shall uh, remain nameless by request uh, took the task. John, as you tasked everyone, uh, if, and you said, if you have domains laying around, please forward them to noagendashow.com. And uh, he had a whole list uh what do you have here uh some some good ones actually i think There's a couple of good ones in there yeah he's got app app it up.com digdefy diy ass man <laughs> do it yourself ass man I think that was good i have no idea what is this one of those things you're sleeping in bed i have a great idea for a domain name let me write it down wait until i you do wake the, up in the morning and go this diy ass man this site what? rocks well, it's a, it's a, it's um, you know, user created, user generated content. DIY ass man. Hitmethod.com. Mafiainsured.com, which I Mojoli.com, openreminder.com, podemic.com, quackset, 
uh, tingassets.com, Slipskit, uh, I don't know what that is, uh, store assets, <laughs> and webassman.com. I'm telling you, <laughs> if anyone's looking for ass, it's here, baby. You've come to the right place. Welcome to the No Agenda Show. <laughs> and I believe we actually had a... Um, uh, one of our boots on the ground um, in, I want to say, where was this? Uh, in Utah. As uh, our El Presidente was in Utah on February 3rd. And by the way, I noticed that uh, he has a couple of different Air Force Ones. Did you know this? Yeah, he's got two of them. I think, I think maybe there's... No, no, he has more than that because this is a 757 that he's flying. He what? Flew, yeah, it's a 757. And it's, what was he doing in a 757? Well, seven. He, I don't know. It's not. It's. It's. A, it looks like air. Well, first of all, any plane the president is in is by definition Air Force, Air Force One. One. But, but so I, I always saw the 747s. I see this picture. I'm like, that's a 757. So he's. Was I, it a 767? Nope. 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 No, I really? know. I do know my airplanes. No, well, why is he flying around in that piece? Because he know. went to Utah. They can't take a seven forty-seven. Maybe, maybe. Uh, or his wife is. Michelle's flying got the. Seven, Michelle's got the, the. Sorry, honey, I've got the seven. She's got the limo. I need both of them. Well, you got two of them, honey. No, I need both of them for my staff. I need my staff in one jet in my, and I have to be in the other one. I don't want to be with a bunch of people. So they. Uh, so the news article highlighted uh, this kid, and. Uh, was it Tyson? Tyson Lamb. And uh, he got to see the president's plane, although he should have been bummed out. He should have, it would have been cool if the kid said, hey, this is a crappy 757. Where's the real yeah, plane? What is this? this crap? Allen's yeah. got one what? of these. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, exactly. Um, however, uh, uh, the Secret Service agent said uh, this was, you know, just uh, completely impromptu. The, the kid wants to be a pilot. And here it comes. He received a gift from another member of the Secret Service, and this is where I think it might have been one of our Minutemen on the inside. He received a challenge coin. <laughs> a coin traded amongst different military units. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save this forever, he said. I can't wait to tell the kids at school about it. Wouldn't it be cool if it was a no-agenda challenge coin? Yeah, it would be cool. I don't think it was, but I didn't know there was more of them floating around. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them floating around. These things will be around long after we're gone, John, which is, I guess. Yeah, people are going, what the hell is, what is this? And <laughs> here's another one, different one. <laughs> and these pins, and like, oh my gosh. And, and, and why is it, why are, they, why are these pins linked to webassman.com? These guys must so, have been uh, weird. So, talking about Paul Allen having a 757, here's a question I've been pondering. Uh-oh. Is it time? No. No, oh, okay. that's not an ask, Adam. Are you sure? Okay, go ahead. Because I've got so many of these jingles, you know. <laughs> Hit it. When John C. Dvorak's got a burning question, <laughs> oh, we ask Adam. Adam. Oh, man. <laughs> so how many of these did you get? <laughs> like 15. <laughs> and they're all, they're all great. Okay, well, I'll try to use that. Ask the question. What's the question? And by the way, we have... You got guys like Paul Allen. You got rich guys like Larry Ellison. These guys, Paul Allen has three super yachts. These things are monsters. They cost millions of dollars. Like $100 million or something like that. Yeah, and he's got three of them, you know, one for each foot. And uh, <laughs> and one for that middle foot. This monster boat that's the size of the Queen Mary, and then there's the Brunei guy. They all have these these yachts, and they all have private jets. And yeah, and so I, I got think, you. I think I got Sultan you. Of Brunei's got a 747. I'm, if I see Paul Allen, I'm throwing my shoe at him. Ready for yeah. the question? Okay. Why doesn't one of these rich guys who've got nothing better to do than show off how much money they've got? 
uh, buy one of the Concords and use that as their private jet. They've been uh, taken out of service. They've been taken out of service, but they parts are available. They still fly them in. <laughs> parts are available. Hey, parts. I need a carburetor. <laughs> I need parts a carburetor. Are available. They still they, these things still fly around occasionally. They're you know it's not. They as are. Though- the, the, uh, here's another little bit of Concord trivia history for you. Uh, after the horrific uh, accident uh, with the in uh, in France with the, the German company, company when uh, the thing went down and. Uh, and everyone perished. The aircraft received its air, its certificate of airworthiness, and uh, and I believe it's still valid. Do you know what the date was of the receipt the that it received its certificate of airworthiness? The day no. it was supposed to re-enter service, September eleventh, two thousand one. Oh, that's fine. <clears throat> it was supposed to actually start flying again on September eleventh. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, just another one of those. Uh, I think not. Yeah. All right. So we so want to think. We want to. So I don't wait have, a minute. I, don't I asked Adam. I didn't get an answer because it would be so politically incorrect. These guys, they don't want to draw that kind of attention to them. They've got, oh, really? They've got sailboats. They, they, oh, they don't they're not. No, no, no. I'm telling you. They, it was the wrong kind of attention. A sailboat is okay because it's wind power. Those aren't sailboats that these guys have. They're all huge, they pre- monstrous ships with diesel engines. The only, <laughs> the only ships you see are the ones... This is what all these guys do. They've got a big mast on it, and they've got the diesel engines down below. I know that. No, you haven't looked at these boats. None of these guys have a mast on their boat. The only guy is Tom Perkins has a boat with a mast on it. Everybody else's boats are... Jim Barkley, what's his name? So Barksdale? what? Those guys aren't the rich guys. I'm talking about the rich guys. Barksdale. Barksdale. That's what it is. Uh, I think it would draw to... Well, first of all, they can't fly it themselves. Ellison can't just jump in and fly it himself. You need a crew of five. And, the, and these people are hard to find. It's not like you got, you know, Concord uh, pilots around. It's a big deal. It's like a whole other company. I don't know. I, it seems like a pain in the ass. I'm sure you can get the guys cheap. There's some Concorde pilots looking for work. No, <laughs> no they're not. All right. Are we done with your Ask Adam segment? Because it was not all I, that I interesting. I didn't like the answer. Well, then don't ask. If you don't like the answer, don't ask the question. Let that be a lesson to you, John Charles. So we want to thank uh, our executive producer for episode 276, Dave Selden. And our associate executive producer and the only member of the 276 Club, the door is closed. No longer can you become a member, but doors are now wide open for the 277 Club. Chris Heelan from Gitmo Nation Haiku. Of course, we appreciate that. Yeah, Remember, if you want to support this show, if you want to become an, uh, an executive producer or an associate executive producer. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Everybody else out there has one mission besides throwing a shoe, propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Whoa. Stay with me now. Shut up, sleep. So, so that's that. <laughs> you know Armageddon is near, by the way. When uh, Ashton Kutcher, who, you know who he is? Duh. Well, I'm just asking. 
Of course I know who he is. I'd keep up. I'm the guy who does the real news items. I would know. <laughs> he uh, He's in uh, this uh, month's edition of Men's Fitness, which is probably another one of these magazines that gay guys read. I don't know. Well, that's a bigoted thing well, to he, say, but you're probably right. Well, I yeah, think it's not, the one it's not, that's it's even not more, bigoted. It's bigoted. It's gay just, guys I'm read. Just, I'm, if you want a gay magazine, look at Men's Health. Right, it's, that's another one of those. I mean, it's like saying uh, RuPaul's Drag Race is watched by normal people. Please. Hey, well, okay, well, we were, while we're on the subject, I do have a clip I want. I got another <laughs> Ask Adam. <laughs> no. Yes, play another uh, one. Play a different one. <laughs> Hold on a second. You surprised me with this. Okay. Okay, uh, so remember that show we did about, uh, I don't know, about four or five months ago when we I had a clip of somebody saying it wasn't LG, uh, it was see, lesbian, Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was LBGTV, XML, NMO, NMOP. Because yeah, it, had it was to be some all, huge thing. Every sexual disorder or, quote, <laughs> disorder or variation yeah, is maybe a sexual yeah, variation it was, uh, was yeah, mentioned. It was yeah. some, well, there's another one that just cropped up. Uh -oh. You have the clip there. Play it. Hi, I'm Antoinette with Free Speech TV, and this is your daily progressive action calendar update. Celebrate 20 years of the Food Not Bombs campaign in Berkeley, California. Come hear Palestinian activist Gadir Shafai of Aswat and Hanin McKay to discuss the Palestinian LGBTQ movement in Chicago, Illinois. Wait a minute. LBGTQ movement? Yeah. What is So we have lesbian... Bisexual or bi curious, gay, transgendered, Kaida? What's the Q, Q for? What's the Q well, for? Up on the up on the screen. Curious? Curious? No, that's a no. C. The screen said queer. What? I'm telling you, you're it's, kidding. It was me. on the screen. It said queer. I think it. Should, I think she mis she misread it. It's L B G T A Q. She didn't say AQ. Yeah, but that's what I'm calling it. It's the LBGTAQ. Lesbian, gay, lesbian, bi, gay, transgendered, Al-Qaeda. It's the LBGTAQ Al <laughs> on the Arabian Peninsula.com. Okay. I don't want to say, I don't want to be critical, but can people make up their minds? <laughs> so Ashton Kutcher, if I was reading Men's Fitness, he's a good-looking guy. He's a very sexy man. All that he's a sexy man. So uh, in this in the article, because of course we don't just look at Ashton for the pictures in Men's Fitness, we read the article. He predicts the end of days is on its way, and he wants to be prepared for the inevitable madness. <laughs> he says it won't take very much. I'm telling you, it won't take much for people to hit the panic button. The amount of convenience that people rely on based on electricity alone. You start talk, taking out electricity and satellites, and people are going to lose their noodle. People don't have maps anymore. People use their iPhone or GPS system. So if there's no electricity, nobody has maps. But he continues. And people are going to go, that land's not yours. Prove that it's yours. <laughs> the guy's nuts. And the only thing you have to prove is it's yours on an electric file. When it's like, what's the value of currency? And he's been listening to Alex Jones, I'm telling you. Yeah, whose food is like whose? People's alarm systems at their homes will no longer work. Neither will our heating, our garbage disposals, hot water heaters that run on gas but depend on electricity. What happens when all our modern conveniences fail? I'm going to be ready to take myself and my family to a safe place where they don't have to worry. 
Oh, please. <laughs> this is the kind of crap that, you know, that these guys promote this, this survivalist millennial bull crap. I was waiting this ain't going to happen. I was waiting for him to say, I've got my seeds. I got my, I got my seeds. I got my gold. I got my yeah, guns. This guy probably can't even, you know, grow a daisy. <clears throat> Which, by the way, I have my Maybe seeds. Maybe the first guy they'd eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, now. Hot pockets. With actual Ashton Kutcher inside. So talking about these kinds of magazines, I got a copy. We got this the other day. We didn't go over it, but it was in Men's Health, which is another one of these magazines. There's a naked guy in the cover. Make sure <laughs> LBGTAQ. And uh, <laughs> Men's Health has the MH lists. And yeah. this one was 33 simple sex tips to Wait a turn minute. her on. How many? 33. It's a magic number, baby. Code. <clears throat> Code for us to read. <laughs> it's like so this, that's the only reason for the 33 by the way is if you want to get on this show just yeah. slap a 33 somewhere in your press release and you're good to go you're gold gold jerry so what are, uh, what are the uh give me well, some of the 33 tips are hilarious tips. i mean they're obviously written by somebody who's either never lived with a woman or may have other sexual inclinations because let me just read you these let me read just this one i could we could do a million of these tips but let me just read uh, read the one one tip number thir- twelve, and uh, then the comments, the reader comments, which are hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure, chocolate sir. This one's the tip. <laughs> Can you imagine doing this? <laughs> I mean, you got to just imagine doing this. Chocolate syrup and whipped cream get all the kinky play in movies. Instead, turn her body into a juicer. <laughs> the best foods for sex are fruits that you can rub and onto the body, such as, such as soft mango or papaya, says Ava Cadell, Ph.D. E.D., a sex therapist <laughs> Wait, in ED, California. Is that of erectile dysfunction? A educational doctor. Oh. A sex therapist in California and author of 12 Steps to Everlasting Love. You well, know, so wait, so, wait, let me finish. <laughs> well, I'm, right, I'm taking notes because I'm building the website for webassman.com. You got it. <laughs> Quote, then devour both her and the fruit. Get sticky. Shower, repeat. If you're Mickey Rourke, skip the shower. Oh, so, my so, so rub a bunch of papaya all over your girlfriend, guys, and then, then eat the papaya off and then see what happens. You're yeah. Gonna, yeah. yeah. And, you're going to probably... She's kind of think you're nuts. Meanwhile, <laughs> let me read you the comments. This guy, this guy says, "This sounds awesome. Can't wait to try it with the next lucky woman in my life." <laughs> if you see something, say something. And here's another one. Here's another one. Some of these tips are interesting, but many would seem awkward for most guys to try and pull it off. It's not in their nature or part of their way. In the way, you have to be yourself. He goes on with something logical. And then the last guy says, "My lady prefers a cucumber." Oh, rim shot, please. Uh, no, 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 no rim shot. Oh, in the morning. Uh. All right, let me move you off of that, man. That's uh, it's bumming me out. So, um, so I've been I've been very interested in Vodafone. Uh, you know, Vodafone is this uh, UK outfit, and uh, they, uh, I believe, they also received in the like the financial turmoil. I could be wrong. I think they also received some kind of money and it's always it's been one of these kind of cloaked operations and they are so <laughs> seriously they're really really big. why not i mean i think a lot of these places have to be because you know this is the way this is your best intelligence gathering mechanism well so yes it is and um 
and I have a couple clips to back that up, which take us into a couple of different topics, which I'd just like to dive into with your permission. So we have... Uh, you have my permission. Uh, permission granted. So uh, we know that uh, Vodafone cut off their service in uh, Egypt, and uh, they came out with some lame-ass excuse, which I think you actually read. They're like, well, you know, it was actually better if we did that. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. For the good of the customer. But, yeah, for the good of the customer. Uh, so, But it, it wasn't just that. They actually were also forced, according to a report, to send pro-mobotic yeah. Uh, yeah, SMS huh? text message. By the way, uh, uh, if you want to be taken seriously on CNN as a correspondent, you can speak in any uh, accent you want. Uh, but if you are reporting on uh, Egypt or anything in the Middle East, all you have to do is when you talk about Mubarak, you have to say it like that, or Israel, and then you're good to go. Because that's what I've seen. You've got people speaking high, you know, like high street English, and then all of a sudden that's Mubarak. <laughs> so it was a pro Mubarak uh, SMS text messages. I'm like, well, uh, and then, you know, so, okay. Did you get any of the messages? What did they say? I don't have any of the messages, unfortunately. Well, maybe someone in the chat room can grab one. But, um, uh, you know, so actually I, I posted a, something on my blog and I said, you know, for everyone who's so outraged by what's going on uh, with the elitists uh, in uh, in Egypt, you know, why don't you uh, cancel your Vodafone subscription, which, you know, half of the UK has. So just go ahead and cancel it. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you show some real power? Of course, no one's doing that. No one's calling for it. It's like, oh, they had to. It was actually much better for the customer. And then I start hearing this name crop up everywhere in relation to, I'm sure we were invited for it, John, and we should be opening, be paying closer attention to our mail. Uh, did you get an invite to the M Health Summit? No, I, I, well, maybe. I don't know. I get so much mail, I miss half of it. Yeah, it, it might have been postal mail, actually. The M oh. Health Summit, everyone was there. Oh. Everybody was there, John. I, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Ted Turner was there. Mm. Uh, Bill Clinton was there. Ooh. This is a, a UN uh, outfit, oh. a United Nations outfit. Bill Gates was there, and boy, oh, rather rather interesting. So first, Bill Gates is on stage with this uh, woman who's a, a doctor, and you have to see the video. It's it's hilarious because uh, he's talking, and she's just looking at her paper. She's not even looking at him. She's like trying to figure out what her next question is going to be and does not look at him the entire time during this answer. Uh, which comes down to cell phones and their importance in uh, third world countries, the Middle East and Northern Africa. I mean, he just kind of slips that in. And vaccines are going to be the key in malaria. Oh, by the way, of course it's on the vaccine tip, but listen to the cell phone part. Vac- oh, what happened there? Respiratory diarrheal. So how, did, how would cell phones fit in? Well, if you knew, if you could register every birth on the cell phone, get fingerprints get a a location <laughs> do you hear all of this yeah so, so he's crazy no cell phones use it for fingerprinting location so it's yeah. like, everything that your phone does he's talking about then you could take these systems where you go around systems and make sure the immunization sure. happens you could run them in a more effective way vaccine coverage in the the very poorest regions, uh, like the north of, of Nigeria, north of India, are below 50%. And so you'd get a huge Im- improvement if you could just take the vaccines we have today and, and get those delivered. So I, I, when I think about the biggest impacts, I think of patient reminders. 
patient reminders. Hey, slave, ding, ding, slave, slave. Wait, hold on a second. Let's stop right here. <laughs> slave, hello, you have a text message, now, wait, slave. He's got, now, he's talking about the the dirt poor, you know. Uh, oh, oh John, you are so wrong. Northern Nigeria. They with all a have a cell phone. A cell phone that has an yes. ID on it. They all, no yeah, no, they it's all, yeah, John, you are wrong, my friend. Uh, I the next clip will explain how wrong you are. It's uh, Vodafone is one of these companies that is rolling out cell phones to everybody for this very reason. So you can get a text message with a friendly patient reminder. Not clear, but if if you could get people to take TB drugs regularly, if you could get them even in the rich world to take uh, medicines regularly, even in the rich world, that's, that's us, John. Uh, remind mothers to do various things. Hey, mother. Mother, time to do something. Hello. Hello, mother. Mother, your telephone's telling you to do something. Particularly in that first year of life. That's a huge one. The supply chain for all the goods, making sure there's no counterfeits and there's no stockouts and people know what's available. There's quite a bit. Inventory management of the human resources through your cell phone. Can be done there. And then finally, this sort of online digital records Mm. where the high payoff for that is vaccination coverage, which means you have to get in at a a fairly early age. Okay, so this, of course, is all leading toward vaccinations. But I get interested in this organization, this uh, M Health Summit. And the CEO is a woman named Kathy Calvin. And uh, she's one of these, uh, I'd say, probably 50-year-old, wearing, you know, too much leather uh, with with one of these, uh, you know, like a leather necklace with a big silver like spearhead on it or something and you know she she was probably hot 30 years ago and but she's it's she's a little out of place and then listen it this thing just builds up to an incredible payoff of how vodafone is in with this organization which is 100 percent united nations what i find really exciting about m health and it, it was true also in the birth of the internet is how this diverse ecosystem bridges so many different communities. It's the medical community and the technology community. Mm. It's civil society, government, and the private sector. And it's urban and rural areas. And that's because the mobile phone is everywhere and is used by all of them. And as this panel does come from diverse perspectives that color all of our own, I just want to give you two seconds about my own perspectives and why the UN Foundation itself is so committed to this area. No, it's because we need to... What do you think it is, John? <laughs> what, what do you, we probably have to kill some people. Isn't that what the UN is all well, about? We gotta, yeah, yeah, we've yeah, got to we kill, kill some people. we got to kill a couple billion. Yeah, and we're going to do that. I think the quickest way is to inject them with something, but that's neither here nor there. But let's listen and... She stumbles in some interesting ways on her own words. You heard Ted Turner in the opening conversation talk about how the UN Foundation was created to become a bridge and a platform for organizations who wanted to work effectively with the UN. So we, part, we help by creating partnerships and initiatives, campaigns, and alliances that allow people to work together with each other and with the UN to solve global problems such as global health. We love programs that have innovation, and this one is right up there at the top. By the way, do you notice how these non-governmental organizations, which of course is not what the United Nations is, because these people, they have no idea what a balance sheet is. They just get free money. And they, oh, we love programs like this. We just love doing this. You ever notice that? Uh, yeah, totally. Like we love, oh, we just love something. So we love a challenge, especially when it's not your money. 
We started in 2005 in a partnership with the Vodafone Foundation. Oh, really? A partnership with the Vodafone Foundation. Okay, let's listen. Based in the UK, a global telecommunications provider, looking at how we could use technology to pro- provide health incomes. To- <laughs> so that's a nice stumble. Provide health incomes? What? <laughs> you, make, what? You're trying to make something happen there, uh, Kathy? Let me just roll that. Let me just... Let me just uh, just roll that back a second. Vodafone Foundation, based in the UK, a global telecommunications provider, looking at how we could use technology to pro- provide health incomes, to improve health I- outcomes. <laughs> I think she meant to say to uh, provide health outcomes. I think it's what she meant to say. Yeah, she's got income <laughs> on the mind. This is funny. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Do emergency re- emergency response using telecommunications. Uh-huh. We pioneered some of the earliest and most widely scaled mobile health, mobile health systems around the Man, world. Man, she just she sucks. Mobile so hosts. Yeah. Uh, okay, but now she's gonna she gets back on track. But wait until you hear who's behind all this. Particularly in Africa, doing data collection. We are data collection in Africa. Hey, how many slaves we got there? Ourselves <laughs> learned a lot from the experience. We learned that the rise of mobiles presents powerful new tools. Tools. Ah, that's all. You know, if it's a tool, you know someone's going to get whacked. To combat old health challenges. Mm. We learned that to extend the reach and deliver on the promise of mHealth, we needed more than just a single software, a single organization, a single app, or even a single sector. And we knew that we needed a collaborative environment that could deliver sustainable change. So, who helped us set this up, Kathy? It's why we helped create the mHealth Alliance with the Vodafone Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation. We're trying now to bring a wider group of players to the table through events like this summit. The Rockefeller Foundation. (laughs) Sure. United Nations, Vodafone, Rockefellers. Red alert. Red alert, everybody. Yeah, go on. Well, so, well, then... So, of course, this is all about vaccines. And for those of you who've been listening well, to... Wait, wait, let's get, let me give you one more thing that, you, that needs, the people need to know before we continue, mm-hmm. which is the fact that this is a PR woman. Yes. She used to work for AOL, but she came from her big company was, of course, where do you think? What big PR company are we talking about that she used to be a big shot with? Microsoft? Hill and Knowlton. Oh, no. She's a Hill and Knowlton shill. Unbelievable. So she knows her business, and she actually should uh, she should be denounced for that stumble. She should be denounced. <laughs> we denounce her. We denounce her. Thank you for Googling. I hadn't done that. Hill and Knowlton, eh? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It says it all. It does. So this, she of course... looks like the type. So, of course... <laughs> she does. I'm telling you, with too much leather. So um, this is all leading into vaccines. And, um, you know, vaccines, for those of you who've been listening to the program... Uh, starting in 2007 for the 2008 shareholders meetings, every single CEO of all the big pharmaceutical companies were saying, vaccines is our future. See this big hockey stick curve, which goes to the right and up, which is the way we say it in financial. To the right and up, everybody. <laughs> to the right and up. That's right. That's the way we like our charts. Uh, that's all vaccines. So there's a couple different tracks going on. One is the uh, swine flu vaccine, uh, HPV vaccine. We've got vaccines against cocaine addiction. Half of these aren't aren't <laughs> actually vaccines. Every time I hear it, <laughs> I know, it's not actually a vaccine. Uh, we've got whooping it's some cough, sort of poison. Yeah, it's uh, most of it's kind of poison. And so, if you want to get the young kids in, and you're working at Hill and Knowlton, right? So you need two things. One is you need a lot of money. 
And um, the other one is you need someone who people can trust because he, he was rich. He got really rich by being really, really smart. So who do we get? Uh, right? Bill Gates. Because he's, he, I mean, the guy must be right. He's smart. Well, uh, listen to him uh, talking with Sanjay Gupta in a scripted interview about vaccines. And John, um, are you, have your kids been uh, inoculated against uh, measles? I don't believe so. Right. Well, you, sir, are a baby killer. $10 billion yes. over the next 10 years uh, to make it the year of the vaccines. W- what does that mean exactly? Well, over this decade, uh, we believe unbelievable progress can be made, both inventing new vaccines and making sure they get out to all the children who need them. Now, I just got to stop for a second. So you didn't really hear at the beginning. This $10 billion that uh, Bill Gates apparently through his foundation is going to be putting into vaccines. So there's like... They always talk a big game about going to, going to. When do they do this? Well, I th- I mean, th- that's a financial trick. I think it actually does work. You know, there's, uh, he puts yeah, all his money okay. offshore yeah, yeah, and it multiplies. Yeah, but yeah, there's a, I think there's a lot of pharmaceutical CEOs going, "Hey, Bill, <laughs> hey, let me get some hookers and blow for you. Ten billion, I'll take some of that. I, that would be a flag for me, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, we could cut the number of children who die every year from about nine million to half of that." Uh, if we have success on it. And the, the benefits there in terms of reducing sickness, reducing the population growth, it really... Uh, uh, what? Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> what did Bill just say? <laughs> the benefits are reducing population growth? Really, Bill? <laughs> Let me just hear that again. I, maybe, maybe I missed You know the it. logic. He, we, we played this clip before, the logic he has. No, this is, this, is, this is a new clip, John, because there's something yeah, I know, much you better know, you, you remember the old word. He has a logic behind this thought. But anyway, go ahead. Both, it really allows a society a chance to take care of itself uh, once you've made that intervention. There's been a lot of scrutiny of vaccines recently, specifically childhood vaccines. There's been a lot of news about is there a connection with autism, for example. What, what do you make of all that? Dr. Wakefield wrote a paper about this saying that he thought there was a connection. And uh, people, there was lower vaccination rates as a result for a period of time in Britain than the United States. What are your thoughts? Is that true? Was there, a, for a period of time, a lower vaccination rate in the, the United Kingdom, in Britain? I don't know. Yeah, Sanjay says so, so it must be true. But now, no, John, you're about, to, oh, you're about to learn. You're a baby killer. Baby killer. Well, Dr. Wakefield uh, has been shown, used absolutely fraudulent data, he had a financial interest in some lawsuits. He created a fake, fake paper. The journal allowed it to run. All the other studies were done, showed no connection whatsoever, again and again and again. Uh, and so it's an absolute lie that has killed thousands of kids because the mothers who heard that lie, many of them didn't have their kids take either pertussis or measles vaccine, and their children are dead today. Okay. What, pertussis? Is that what he said? What's pertussis? Yeah, whooping cough. Okay, and so everybody gets so that let me shot. Say, when you're a kid. So, my kids got that shot, right? But not the measles shot. I don't know. Maybe they did, but I don't know that they did. Well, listen to this. And so, you know, the people who go and engage in those anti-vaccine efforts, you know, they they kill children. <laughs> there you go. You they, baby killer, you. They literally kill children. They kill children. It's a, a a very sad thing because these vaccines are important. Developing the vaccines, the scientific research that goes into that, uh, obviously one thing, and then distributing things even after they've been created. Someone said to me once that even if the cure for HIV-AIDS came in the form of a clean glass of water, 
we still wouldn't get rid of AIDS in the world. Because- anyway, so this kind of this goes on, and they kind of drop into all kinds of non sequitur stuff. Uh, but Bill Gates is, I mean, that's a pretty big statement. I, you know, about Andrew Wakefield, uh, I, he's, he's just calling him a liar and it's very clear what side of the fence Bill Gates is on. But the main thing he's talking about is protestants and, uh, and, uh, measles. And then later on, he, um, yeah, I got that one. Dude, you think I'm not leading into it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, it's of course, Wakefield made the connection between autism and uh, vaccinations. And Bill Gates is saying that's a lie. Now, this is one of the big questions on everyone's mind. It, it, is there a connection? And the answer, as you just Skyped me, <laughs> which was audible on the program, <clears throat> which you just Skyped me, uh, comes from an, a curious source, Lisa yeah. Jackson... Lisa Jackson, <clears throat> of the, who likes uh, to look more and more like a bored hooker. My God, I, I actually, I'm, I'm considering running it as an end of show clip uh, because the, uh, the, uh, she's so annoyed with this uh, congressional panel who are asking her questions because, of course, the president on January 18th signed an executive order which allows the EPA to be God. Every agency. Hey, we're the FDA. We're just going to allow some uh, modified uh, alfalfa. You know, we, we can we, do whatever we, can do whatever we, we want. want, and we're in charge. And the president said so. And she has her hand on her head, like, oh, do I have to answer all these questions? Like really? She looks like a twelve-year-old that has been being scolded, yeah. and doesn't give a crap. But she has the answer, and it comes here to you live on C-SPAN, which we watch so you don't have to. The president had an executive order uh, stating that energy that uh, agencies should consider when taking a look at the costs and benefits. He said, quote, values that are difficult or impossible to quantify, including equity, human dignity, fairness, and disruptive impacts. You know, I think it's easy to measure unemployment, 9.4%. Uh, I know that we've, our, our debt has gone up $3 trillion. This, by the way, is uh, Barrasso. Or Bra- What's his name? Brasso? Senator, yeah, Senator Brasso? Yeah. So he, and he's, he's, he's not happy with her, by the way. And uh, he's, he's got some interesting things that we could listen to later on if we wanted to. But So he's setting her up now, and he's about to pop the question. ...dollars in the last two years, so we have uh, 3 million more unemployed two years uh, we know that burdensome regulations do have an impact on jobs and it is quantifiable now, my question is is the is the language in the president's executive order um, does it allow you to basically use anything you want in terms of making saying benefits outweigh the costs I, I think the president's uh, far-reaching executive order makes clear that there are some things that are hard to price. Our science may be good, but I don't know how you price the ability to try to forestall a child who may not get autism if they're not exposed to contaminated water. And I think the language in that order <laughs> listen, listen. is about those things where we can be protective for a reasonable amount of money to make sure that our children and future generations are not guinea pigs. They're not guinea pigs. Uh, so uh, she said it right there. Uh, kids get autism from stuff in the water. It, this, she said, it's solved, John. Clear as mud. It's solved. It, it's it's all over. We know it now. Who, we don't need Andrew Wakefield. We don't need Bill Gates. We just need clean water. And Lisa Jackson is going to save all of our kids from autism. Hey, hold on. Where's Jenny McCarthy's number? We got to call her. Let her know that it's the water. It's not the vaccines. It's the water. This is crazy.
It's it just a, but the what's crazier is, and you can go to uh, Dvorak.org slash blog and look at this clip. We have it here. Uh, it's a, uh, just a look at the woman with this glib, smug attitude and posture. It's yeah. just astonishing to me that somebody like this represents the government. She just, she just must think she's the queen of Egypt. She to do a needs, callback. she needs a shoe thrown at her head. Uh, a She's pump, a high heel, a croc for all I care. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pie in the face would probably be. No, no, no. Shoes. Shoes is so dehumanizing. Shoe <laughs> is A shoe is much, much better. A stinky shoe you in take right Yemen. off your foot. <laughs> a stinky shoe. A stinky shoe. Like, remember those roots? Remember those? Remember roots? Yeah, I remember roots. Yeah, throw a roots at her. They look like old, they look like, <laughs> feet look like duck, web duck feet. Anyway, we have a jingle for people like her. Experts on the payroll. There you go. Big expert. Big expert. So they are just, ta- and you know, there's a, <clears throat> the White House, I went to the, uh, I always go to whitehouse.gov to take a look at uh, our president's uh, weekly uh, speech. Which wasn't all that interesting um, this week. His speeches are getting worse. Yeah, I mean, I like the better. Basically, I think he lost that speechwriter, that young kid that was a speechwriter that gave him all the good stuff. Yeah, the yes we can kid. Yeah, the kid had to go back to school. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So, but I always like reading the White House blog because that's where like the like the new kids are. And this is written by Dan Pfeiffer. I don't know who he is. He may not be a kid. Um. And it was interesting because you know. You doth protesteth too much, methinketh. Uh, so here uh, it says, you can't believe everything you read. This is the the homepage of whitehouse.gov. And I think if someone's like posting something on the homepage of arguably the most important website in our civil life, this must be pretty interesting. As va- it start- Yeah, as valuable as the internet can be in helping to spread information, most people know that you can't believe everything you read. And they should check the source before relaying every alarming story they read. This is because Judd, uh, the Drudge Report posted something about this. <clears throat> One such story is going around the internets over the past two days claiming that the Obama administration is somehow responsible for the rolling blackouts in Texas that have caused terrible hardship for so many Texans. The source is questionable. The story unquestionably false. And then, uh, and what's funny is in this whole rebuttal, uh, and and the idea there is that because of local uh, EPA regulations, um, they weren't able to either activate or open up more coal-fired um, electricity plants because <clears throat> a couple of them froze up, I guess, uh, which doesn't make much sense to me. But okay, the whole thing is bogus. So what is it then? Why? Because they have rolling blackouts, literally. Yeah. In well, Texas. They, we, remember we had rolling blackouts in California. Oh, gee, during the great scam, you and mean? it was like, oh, it's never going to be the same. We're always going to have rolling blackouts because there's too much demand for electricity. We haven't got enough supply and the peak oil and all the rest of it. <laughs> we can't keep up. It's going to be rolling. People better get used to it. And then, then they found it was a big scam. You know, it was it was. It was planned. It was just to scam the public so they had to pay more for electricity. And right. then once that was revealed, then the rolling black. Huh, we haven't had a rolling blackout in California ever since Schwarzenegger got in office. What changed? Well, they're saying it's the weather. 
And and this it's bullshit. And this, it's the same thing. This is a scam from the get go, and it's probably got something to do with. I bet you when it's finally revealed. Of course, nobody does anything about it after it's revealed. Nobody throws all the politicians out of office because they're complicit. Because they're the ones who panic the public, like Gray Davis did. Oh, we're going to have to get used to it. So uh, they uh, point to a Tom Fowler written article in the Houston Chronicle. So this is the White House rebuts this with their. Uh, unquestionable proof by pointing to another mainstream media article uh, where the Houston Chronicle says uh, it's because uh, some pipes froze and uh, and they couldn't uh, bring uh, they, so they they couldn't fire up these coal fired which of course these are the guys being shut down by the EPA and uh, did you know that Texas gets all their extra power from Mexico? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and 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 guess who supplies Mexico with their uh, coal fired plants? General Electric? Yeah, bingo! Yeah. Wow, like, hey, we listen to the show enough, you just guess these things right. How beautiful is that? So so they shut the plants down in Texas, and then they get it from uh, Mexico, where, of course, you know, there's no regulations for General Electric to build something in Mexico. Yeah, they can build a piece of crap and... Yeah, who, do whatever. So, what, so a few Mexicans a crap. die. And, then, the, big and then the Mexicans say, oh, uh, the Mexican power officials were, quote, very helpful to us during the peak demand Wednesday evening and Thursday morning... But by Thursday afternoon, Mexico stopped shipping power to Texas so it could deal with cold weather demand south of the border. What? What? But, uh, did it freeze in Mexico while I was sleeping? So uh, someone made a call <laughs> and someone made a call and said, "Shut it down, boys." It's exactly like Enron. Yeah, it's, totally. It's a, it's a different scam that we maybe haven't figured out yet, but it'll be it, figured out. But I'm, by the time it's figured out, nobody will nobody will care because the electricity will be back on, yeah. and the same crooks will be in office. You know, I mean, it's a miracle that we got Gray Davis out through a recall, which I thought was wild. But you know, what difference does it make? It didn't make any real difference in the long haul. And, uh, you know, that's just the things just keep going on and the General Electric guys keep pocketing more money and the, you know, the White House guys, you know, they, how did, when, since when, we actually, my wife and I traced it back to Van Buren. Since when did they, somebody become elected president of the United States somehow magically with making $200,000 a year in income, which is what the president makes, something like that? How do they walk out of office worth $300 million, you know, or more? By investing in, uh, in um, oil stocks. Duh. Yeah, By the no. way, you know we have uh, a human resource as a part of our massive uh, audience, Mister Oil, in the chat room, and of course, yeah, I, I only know these people by their uh, by their chat name handle. Uh, but you you know, John, you know as well as I do that we have people uh, who work at Goldman Sachs who listen to the show. Oh yeah, uh, we got people in uh, in Zook. Zook, Switzerland, who listened to the show? A lot of their assertions, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you got that one right. Yeah, they do. Well, they actually, they'll, they'll while, so, we, while they're they're counting their money because yeah, not, some of these guys of have so much cash that they're just yeah. basically counting all day. But that's okay. You know, that's, at least that's at, fine. So anyway, so I'm talking to Mr. Oil, who I somehow I don't think he's rich. Uh, he might be, but it, does, it doesn't matter. He's a human resource, and he's and he's helping out. And he flips his lid. Over the clip you played last week from the Shell executive uh, yeah, about the, 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 the... Scripted clip from the ex-CEO of Shell Oil. Right. So in that clip, and I don't think we have to play it. We could if you wanted to. Um, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if it was the Shell guy, the ex-CEO, but someone said, well, this 13-cent wholesale gasoline hike we just witnessed, right? That was in the clip. Yeah. Okay, so you acquired that clip 
before showtime, so it must have been Wednesday evening or uh, at latest. It was, during, it was Wednesday. Okay. So uh, Mr. Oil uh, is involved somehow with the business, and he says that 13-cent hike was not publicly known until Thursday, 8 p.m. U.K. time. Oh, really? And what happened at that very moment is these huge swaps took place, and guess who made a killing on oil stored up at a lower price? Mark Rich, Glencore. Oh, good old Mark. <laughs> and so, we need him to listen to the show. I, we need him to spo- half the time. Yeah, they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, <laughs> who cares? He should be sending us money just for the entertainment <laughs> guy. Hey, money. hey, Mark Rich, listen to me. Listen, well, hey, I Mark. Had a, you know, I thought that that whole segment was rigged. Well, it I was mentioned. rigged. Well, well, Mr. Oil went on with a hypothesis, and he did this in the chat room, so I feel I can talk about it publicly. Uh, he said, "Look, what's going to happen is two things. First of all, uh, that goes up, and then something else happens, which is the fuel duty." And he says, in the UK, and it may be the same in America, the name duty is used for a very specific reason, because it is a a form of tax that can be taxed. And I don't know if that happens in the US, it might. But a a fuel duty is essentially uh, a tax that is, or a a price hike that is put on top of primarily fuel um, to get people not to use so much of it. But that in itself is taxable. And and so we have to look at we have to do a little work on that word because you're right the the word duty is used a lot in uh, kind of interchangeably with other words fees right another thing that's that's a word that's that's used for specific reasons and and taxes is another right. word used these are specific words used for used for a specific reason, reason. exactly so we have to figure out what duty really is so Good that, point so then he lays it on me then he really freaks me out he says okay. So, of course, uh, and, and by the way, he said there's all these uh, VLCCs, which are very large uh, crude carriers, oil tankers. Yeah, the monsters. Right. And so they're all sitting, sitting off the, uh, you know, so, so these inventories went down, then they're all built up. And, uh, and so I've got, you know, they're, they're all sitting in, uh, they're all kind of waiting for this Egypt thing to make, make the $200 bell oil and they want to close off the Suez Canal, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, the, the price of crude oil and the, the wholesale gasoline price will fluctuate dramatically, but not at the pump, because we're going to keep it nice and high for the slaves. We're going to keep that crazy. And he says, and this is where he freaked me out. He says, you read Atlas Shrugged? I said, yes. Yeah. He said, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. He says, so, by the way, you know that all of Goldman Sachs has a copy. Everyone's got a copy of this book. He says, what happens in the United States of America when fuel prices at the pump are $6 a gallon. What do you think, John? What happens? Well, I think, well the first thing that will happen, I and mean, what should happen, is people should vote everyone out of office. But wow. what seems to me that what will happen, people just travel less and use less gas. No, no, you're close. Okay. We take the train. All aboard. Oh. Train's good, plane's bad. Which, of course, are not high-speed electrical rail. They run on diesel oil, which has a very different tax um, bracket or duty bracket for transportation. Like, you know, in many countries, you can get... taking the friggin' train. (laughs) We will straight to the FEMA camp. And we'll be happy to go in because we'll be hungry and tired and without shelter. They're not going to have to round anybody up. They're just going to say, hey, would you like some food? Come on over here. 
Dow Jones reports right here. The price of oil. Dow Jones, Newswire. The price of oil could jump to $200 per barrel if the crisis in Egypt escalates and leads to a shutdown of the Suez Canal, according to Venezuelan oil minister Rafael Ramirez. You know, it seems to me, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I remember the last scenario about two years ago when we talked about the $200 oil and we're yep. making predictions and then the oil. Well, it went to 150 It went to 147 I believe. It never hit 150 Yeah. But anyway, whatever the case. It, it was a good fell. try. Sorry? It was a good try. We tried to make it all the way up. We did all right. It, 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 then it fell to $33, mm-hmm. which is more reasonable. Where it should be, right? Where it should, well, it should be 40 they think, but 25 was historic uh, place for it to sit. But anyway, the point is, is that uh, it seemed as if this was a grand experiment because it was Goldman Sachs. Said, oh, it's going to go to 200 no doubt about it. And then, of course, the scam was revealed that it was all being speculated yeah, upon. J.P. Morgan. If they pulled the rug out from under it and fell. So it seems to me that it was a grand experiment to see. It was. It goes like this bunch of guys in the boardroom going, um, Hey, 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 I got an what idea. What do you think will happen <laughs> if it goes to 200 I don't know. Let's hire a bunch of think tanks. And they, they get all these guys, everybody, the Brookings Institute, everybody does a report. They send them all in. <laughs> And they look at it and they go, well, this will be interesting because this will cause this, and this will do this, and this will do that, and there's a whole bunch of fallouts. Hey, 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 you got to do the voice, John. You don't sound evil when you talk like that. Yeah. Hey, I got an idea. Hey, John, 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 I got an idea. Let's uh, start some crap in Egypt. <laughs> That'll show them. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the laugh that gets me. So uh, so they do this deal and to see what was going to happen. So it failed. So they say, okay, shh. Let's just shut up about it for a while. Let's try it again in a couple of years. It's all, <laughs> yeah. When it's wound down a little bit, we can give another shot. We'll try something different. This time we'll put a little, we're going to crank it up. We're going to have better reasons for it to go up. Let's, you know, create a stir in Egypt and do all. I'm telling you, this is, is, is this is rigged. Of it's going to go to 200. <laughs> yeah. Or it's going to try at least try to go to 200 again. It's going to collapse again, which is going to be an opportunity for people who want to go short, by the way. It's going to collapse again. But they're going to try to get it up to see. I think they're looking for some effect. They're looking for some some real money-making killer deal. And then, well, it's not just the oil guys. But what would it be? What do you mean, what would it be? What would the deal? I mean, where's the easy money in this deal? The easy money is in the Glencore IPO. What are you talking about? You get in on the Glencore IPO, you're good as gold. That thing's going to be like a rocket. It's gonna and you sell you sell inside you sell your insider shares exactly in like uh, eighteen months after the lockup. You don't even done. need to do that. You you can you can sell but you can sell callers. Right, but you know what that I'm saying, right? That lockup thing is a fake. By the way, the public should know about this. Do you that know that lockup thing is bogus? It sounds good on paper, but there's a thing called a collar that you can sell. You know, there's any number of institutions will, will write these things for you, and you can basically get out of that stock the next day. That actually happened to me. You you sold callers? Yep. On Ask Jeeves. Oh, really? Yeah. What happened was uh, they went public, and I I was worth like so much money overnight, and of course I was like, ah, oh, shit, I got like an eighteen month lockup, and uh, and then you can Google this, you'll find it. Somehow the insiders had done something. It wasn't even a caller. It was they um, they figured out that they could that a million and a half shares could be sold. That that uh, was owned by insiders, so everyone got to sell some of their shares, including me. And I wrote all the rest down to thirty cents, which was great. Um, well, should have sold callers on the rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Egypt gas pipeline attacked 
unknown attackers blow up North Sinai, Sinai pipeline that supplies gas to Jordan. Gee, do you think it would uh, in, make the, the riots go a little faster in, uh, in yeah, Jordan? Yeah, Jordan's taking way too long to blow up. Yeah, so, you know, we need to, like, cut off their gas. It's, it's just unbelievable how scripted this is. And it really is. It really, really, really is. And I think that the people who... And it's all about oil or natural resources, let's put it and, that way. I think Israel's going to get involved. They're going to have Jordan Hell goes yeah. down. And there's going to be a lot of uh, fish shaking. Maybe there'll be a little war that'll, that'll jack up the price even further. Yeah, I mean, they, of course. They're, gonna, little, they're pulling war. out all the stops yep. to get to this $200 oil thing. Because at 200 bucks, which is the number they keep saying, it's not like it's a big secret... At, at two hundred bucks, something happens, and I think it's more than Glencore. It's, no, something happens. Glencore is the biggest corporation in the world, John. What are you talking about? It's this is not small potatoes. This IPO, it's just yeah, not reported it's not, on. I mean, IPO was it going to do double in price? I'm talking about something Six, like sixty billion. They're talking about sixty billion just yeah, for the it's insiders. Have so much. It's so heavy that it's not going to be able to triple or go ten x. It's not like a credit default swap that you pay ten cents for and you get back a hundred thousand dollars. Well, that would be on the downside when we do that. Hey, well, the downside you, will be interesting. You know, it's we make we could make it both will, ways. Listen, you and no, I the, actually the downsides is is well, the, more I think interesting. The downsides is is less risky. So listen. So listen. It. Here's what we need to do. We need to. Uh, we need to work out how we know how that we if we know the scam we can make money on it and then we can just like make money and and do the show and not be worried about anything like uh what is that rent <laughs> rent <laughs> rent and my electrical bill it's like i'm gonna have to turn the stream off at night <laughs> i'm sorry guys we got to turn off what if they do rolling blackouts what do i do i gotta get a generator now you know it could easily happen they could easily just say oh we're gonna do rolling blackouts they could. I mean, they did it before and nobody cared. And Everyone it, went along with the program, especially in the Bay Area, all these stooges. <laughs> oh, it's peak oil. Oh, we can't afford it. Oh, it's too much demand. Oh, we're doomed. Uh, I mean, that's what Ashton Kusher is actually sounding like. Yeah, one of these, exactly. One of these, you know, but chicken he, littles running around. But he has ridiculous. a place to go to. I want to know where Ashton Kusher is going, and I want to be there. Because, you know, we're going to see, like, uh, Demi Moore. That's on the beach it. on the beach and a bunch of hippies yeah uh, dude you and i will be look i think uh so i think um i was talking about australia but i have a feeling that um gitmo nation kiwi may be better and i'll tell you why uh the charity that mickey and i work for uh research uh so their biggest donor i'm talking a guy like you know he's like a medical vc in the valley and uh I, you can look his name up uh, and he's, I mean, the guy, he puts a lot of money into this charity. It probably a million a year personally. And uh, so, you know, I was talking to these two women who were up here. We were doing, I was doing some video Should work for him. be a knight. <laughs> well, he doesn't give to our charity, unfortunately. I'm thinking of a barony for him, but I just haven't pitched him yet. But anyway, so they're saying, oh, what do you think about, because the, they know, uh, you know, they know who I am. You know, it's like just like I checked out their charity, they checked me out, and they went, "Well, yeah, everybody does due diligence." Yeah, they did due diligence. They so said, family. "Well, you know, if as long as you don't do that in our board meetings, you will. It's okay." And uh, I said, "Oh, so what do you think about uh, how things are going?" And I'm, and I'm like really holding back. I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm a little concerned." Yeah, you know, Russell. Oops. Well, that's his first name. Um, yeah, he's really dire. He's the most dire guy. He's going to to um, New Zealand right now to find a house. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go move down there. 
I believe I know it. a guy who moved down to New Zealand uh, thinking the same kind of thing. This was some years ago, and it, he moved back. Really? New it, Zealand is boring. No. It's beautiful. And that's what I'm told for everyone who's tried to do this trick. They go down there. And it's a very socialist place, and there's a lot of political correctness going no, on. No, we don't want. It's like Berkeley. It's like a big Berkeley. It's like a Berkeley with it's a little bit cleaner. It's like a it's like a Berkeley meets Disney World with a lot know, of kind sheep, of, kind of clean with a lot of sheep. The food is good and probably more natural and not so contaminated as the right. poison food we eat. But it's boring, and there's nothing to do, and you get sick of it after a few weeks, and the next thing you know, you're moving back to anywhere. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, look, it's either Australia or New Zealand. Australia, is like, I think the women are hot in Australia. Yeah, the guys are well, hot. They're all a bunch of ex-hookers. The guys are hot in Australia. They're all. It's because like they're all big... prisoners and hookers. That's that were right. It's my the, peeps. It's my and people. They bred to these very good-looking women, and <laughs> yes. they're all pretty funny. Yeah. they all have a sense of humor. Exactly. I've never run into an Australian without a sense of humor. Yeah. Now that I, I love. Well, so I'm torn. I'm torn between sheep oh, and no hot women. You wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> Let me think. Hmm. Sheep <laughs> or hot women? Let me think. I don't think there's Wait a minute. Comparison. What did you say, Mickey? Oh, she says, you don't want to go to New Zealand? You want to go to Australia? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, she the says point, Australia. The other thing is, is that, you know, Australia's got issues. I mean, they got a bunch of... There's lots of hot women and men in Australia. They're all hookers and prisoners. There is, the other <laughs> hey, is, hey, hey, whoa. So, whoa. Sorry about that. They're all is there is this milf. That's one mother I like to. F- oh, I'm sorry. Make your point, and we can move on. I forgot my my point is is that this is this this is a, a pipe dream. Move to uh, to Chile and buy a vineyard if you're going to do something like that. All right. Well, we can plan on that. It's the no agenda retirement plan. What are you going to do? You're sitting there in Berkeley. You're in the middle of the crazies. Yeah. What are you doing there? What am I doing in Berkeley? Yeah, why don't you leave? I need to be in the high-tech milieu in northern Silicon oh, Valley. Suits me fine. Bull crap. Please. It's true. What, for that X3 show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> X3.mevio.com. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need to be in the milieu for that. That's for sure. All right. Anyway, I'm coming up to see you. So we're going to plot our uh, retirement. Uh, what, are we having dinner Tuesday? Uh, Monday, I think. No. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I'm going to the Muvio office Tuesday. Yeah, and then we're going to go to lunch. That's Tuesday. Oh, we're Tuesday's lunch? on lunch, and dinner was supposed to be Monday. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, it'll be good to see you. Whatever. I think. I doubt uh, it. Yeah, you're right. All right. Let's thank some people who actually support this program and uh, and help us with uh, our rent and other bills that we have yes, to pay to keep us from having us. Good, It allows us to, to call out Hill and Knowlton. Yes. Like we As just the stooges did. they are. With the women, with that woman who's the head of the oh. UN thing. Ex, ex, and PR, Vodafone. And PR Vodafone. chick from yeah. AOL. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, we can't do that. Our dial-up business is just awesome. We can't, we can't do that without your support because we don't, we can't get advertisers. If we did, we'd have to sell out. We're not going to do that. Yeah, we couldn't sit here and say anything about any of those companies. Couldn't say anything. Because it'd be like, hello, uh, yeah, hi, it's Kathy from uh, Hill and Knowlton. Uh, listen, I know, I know it's not directly related, but, you know, another one of our clients uh, really has a problem with how I talk about, um, you know, about uh, Vodafone. So uh, a subsidiary who was uh, indirectly sponsored the show, it's like a really kind of, could you just, uh, by the way, and that's exactly what would happen. Brandon uh, Birkendale from Warren, uh, Maine. 
I've been listening to the show for about three weeks now, and he really enjoyed it, so he figured out to avoid becoming a douche and contributed to the show, purchased the No Agenda Challenge coin, was very pleased that it arrived in only three days, and also quite impressed with the creative ways your listeners come up with to support the show. I also wanted to mention that I was doing a little research into the Council on Foreign Relations recently and somewhat surprised to see George Clooney listed as a <laughs> member on their website. You don't say. As well as Angelina Jolie and you Brian Williams and some other, <laughs> other quote-unquote journalists. And Aaron Burnett, my former anyway. girlfriend. Yeah, $111.11. He's now a member of that club. Thank you so uh, David much, Lesko or Lechko from Morgan Hill, California. Hello, John and Adam. Here's my first donation of $111. I just turned 49, was born in 1962, and understand you've offered some extra karma for just such an occasion. Oh, yes, we certainly do. You've got karma. He's also signed up for the $11.11 well, monthly donation. Well, you know why? It's because he, uh, he, he did the math. And uh, his year is 1949. And, uh, wait, no, his birth year. What is his birth year? Uh, 1962. 62. And he added that to uh, 49. He came up with 111. Yeah, and if anybody does that, they're obligated to, to donate. donate $111. That's right. That's how it works. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Roman... Andrusco from Bradford, Ontario, Canada, $99.99. Skyler Visconti of Bakersfield, California, needs more karma. Yeah, Skyler is uh, donating every single show now. Uh, he says the karma he is really kicking ass. Karma. And he's going to, con- he, he sent me a, uh, an email, so he's going to continue to donate because uh, he said that uh, he got karma last week and he immediately got a huge load. He's a trucker. He got a huge load immediately, which was a quick turnaround. So, uh, um, there you go. We have truckers listening to our show. All right. That's right. Um, Russell Rhodes, a new uh, donor, Tallahassee, Florida, 6789, finally becoming a donor, not a boner. I would like to wish my son, Vikram Rhodes, a happy first birthday on February 8th. Don't give in to the swine flu hysteria. And both, both him and mom, Ruchi, are fine. You guys rock down with mainstream media. Do we have him on the list? No, I was just looking at that. I'm going to put him on now for the birthdays. Vikram Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's kind of a cool uh, Mark, name, by the way. Vikram Rhodes. It's a great name. Yeah, I like uh, that. Mark Wallert, another uh, first-time donor, 6666, Rocky Point, New York. I'm a longtime listener, first-time donor. 2% reduction in Social Security withholding has afforded me the ability to join the one point percenters my girlfriend and i finally found our perfect first home this week only to have someone else's offer be accepted about an hour before submitting oh no Uh, a little bit of extra karma to help you guys on your way you've got karma there you go uh ken burchill uh in ottawa or burchill in ottawa canada sixty dollars is do we have him listed as a birthday no i think uh eric needs a spanking well, he definitely dropped the ball here. The birthdays, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Henry Cunningham, Hamilton, Ohio. Hi, John, John Adam. A starving college student donating the last of my spending money as I may not be a college student here for long. Attended the University of Cincinnati where the geniuses at the College of Engineering recently announced they are eliminating the computer science program. What? In this day and age? Science! Science! They've been running huge deficits in recent years. Yeah, sure. 
and the construction of our third football state, <laughs> oh, stadium right. on main camp seems to have pushed us past the brink of financial destruction. You know, you don't need to keep buy- making football stadiums every 10 minutes. Anyway, $55.10. Joseph Esposito, Stockton, California, double nickels on the dime. Joe and Dish Slave. Joe and the Dish Slave here <laughs> with double nickels. <laughs> All right. We know, we know the Dish Slave. We know him. I'd appreciate a mention of my podcast, The Ozone Nightmare, and my wife's Etsy store, Beloved Bracelets. Also, please send my mom some karma if you could. She could use it. Coming at you. We love sending karma to moms. You've got karma. Sergey Kuznetsov in Ladera Ranch, California. No agenda became my main source of news in the last few years. That shows you the the problem in this country. Yeah, it does. I had to completely kill off TV and radio, so news coming from New Agenda and the interwebs. Keep up the good work, Double Nickels on the Dime. By the way, you can also get a lot of extra news, extra, extra, from uh, the No Agenda show notes, which... uh, The uh, show notes are unbelievably great. Yeah, and and, uh, I just wanted to uh, thank the people, because I got a little group of human resources who are actually working on it. Uh, Your friend of mine, P.G. Kelly, actually, John, is uh, working on show notes for us. Uh, Willem Trump, Brian, I'm just going to give you a, Brian N, Robert Leather, Bert B, uh, Mike C, John MS, Dennis C, and Sick2234, all these aliases, no idea who these people are, uh, but they contribute to the show notes through our internal show notes system, which is kicking ass, and there's 10 times as much news and information in the show notes than we actually can get to in a single program. Uh, so if you want to see more, go ahead and uh, check that out at noagendashow.com. Just where, where did they leave off? I don't know. Did you doze oh, off? Sergey, I did Sergey. Nap for okay, humanity. Mark Borghese in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Lost wages. I was uh, going to place another Super Bowl bet, but thought I could go in for a sure thing instead. Double nickels on the dime to us. I also re- uh, redirected another site to No Agenda Arsenal. GMO Hell. No, GMO no. Hell No. Hell No. Dot com. WWGMO Hell No now points to No yeah, Agenda. Nice. GMO Hell No dot com. Beautiful. Next he gave us $55 even. Uh, William uh, Cannonsburg, or Cannonburg in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Dear John and Adam, I'm an aspiring writer. Had my first article published, but buy a copy at xxcmag.com. Any tips from a noted Arthur John? Yeah, yes. get out of the business. <laughs> Quit <laughs> while you're ahead, kid. <coughs> you have to write a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah but hey, dudes, please mention David, my full name. Our, our buddy uh, Daniel uh, Borkman in Malmo. I think it's Bjorkman. Bjorkman. Hey, dudes, please mention my full name, Daniel Bjorkman, and keep being awesome. I almost, I almost, oh, I don't know. I, I almost lulls it. off the highway sometimes. Yeah, laughs. Laughs out loud while driving. Jackson Gray, Springfield, Virginia. Uh, use my alias Jackson Gray and give me some karma for a new job and a preemptive de douching for looking for a new. Give him the double. Yeah, we're gonna, oh, double shot coming up of de douching and karmanizing. You've been de douched. You've got karma. I'm getting good at that, at the, at the double shot. Last time was better. 50 bucks from him. <laughs> Carl Ranson, Christchurch, New Zealand. Your hey, my, my, my future home. Yes. <laughs> The Adam's future, future home. The future home of the crackpot command. Hey, careful, Mickey. God damn it. $50 donation <laughs> to recommend that people watch the NZ TV show Outrageous Fortune starring Robin Malcolm. 
Yeah, he actually. I should watch that. He told, I need. I need to study up on the new Homeland. Uh, Greg Birch, Sir Black Knight, Greg uh, from Port Angeles, Washington, ha- is once uh, fifty bucks in for as Michael Birch turns to one twenty-one today. His son. So we have a we have. Yeah, on the he's list. on the list. Uh, Anonymous, uh, fifty dollars. Mike Westerfield. Uh, Nichelle Moore from Kingsdale, North Carolina, fifty each. Uh, Torsten, Tristan, Torsten, Torsten. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Torsten Wibman, Wibman, Torsten Wibman, Deutschland, Wibman. Yeah, Wibman in Wiesbaden, Deutschland. Uh, hello, John and Adam. I'm listening to your show for quite some time now. It really kicks off my commute. That's what we do in the morning. I'm currently working as an assistant professor for geography at a German university. As, as my department grants me research semester as visiting professor in the upcoming fall winter in the U.S., I would appreciate a little karma to get a positive response from at least one of my applications. So oh, looking you. for that O-1 visa, huh? Well, here you go. You've got karma. And Travis Wynn and Tristan Lennon should also be mentioned as they're on their way to knighthood. Actually, Tristan's Sir already Sir Tristan, yeah, he's already Sir in knighthood. Tristan Lennon is already right, in knighthood. Um, so very important uh, to also thank all of our monthly uh, donors. You're really the base uh, that uh, that always is there for us, although we certainly could use a few more members of the 277 Club coming up uh, on uh, Thursday, as well as uh, some executive producerships. Um, typically, the time to get in on that is... Uh, when we've had a low uh, a low week, so this would uh, kind of be your qualify, yeah, to qualify exactly. Um, but it's the five dollars a month, and 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 please feel free. In addition to a one time executive producership, to sign up for that five dollar a month, and just tell me you don't get the value for value. Just look but at all the money. Look at the, a lot of people are upgrading to eleven dollar and eleven cent right. a month, which right. is a pretty reasonable deal. And uh, go to dvorak.org slash na or channeldvorak.com slash na, or just go to the noagendashow.com and link there. Dvorak.org slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday On No Agenda Alright, I think we've got them all now as we've gone through the list. Uh, Sir Greg Birch says happy birthday to his son Michael Birch who turns 21 today. You're a man, son. Vikram Rhodes, uh, his birthday will be celebrated on the 8th of February. Chris Heelan, 44. 44. Um, tomorrow... And finally, Ken Burchill to round out the list. Happy birthday from your buds here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah! All right. We've got a knighthood, John. Hey, all right. Yeah, Mike Westerfield. Uh, let me just grab my blade here. He, uh, I think with his $50 donation for today's program, he has rounded out his knighthood. And I saw, um, I think, a tweet from Eric now that the... Uh, now that the uh, challenge coins are all taken care of, he's uh, starting on the ring. So, and you know that he actually will get that done, and I'm very happy to hear that. So, you can look forward to that, Mike Westerfield. And today, we proudly pronounce you Sir Mike Westerfield, Knight of the Noah Gender Roundtable. Please enjoy Hooker's Blow, Rent Boys, and Cabernet. It's all here at the Roundtable, and we really appreciate your support. And I also got uh, a... Um, a draft, and I have to forward that to you, John, of uh, a barony certificate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what it might look, look like. Well, as we divvy up uh, the countries of the world, 
Yeah, Eric's going to actually on the with No Agenda Nation website, which is interesting to check out for people anyway. Yeah, but it's going he's going to work on. Uh, we of course we're going to make a do a discussion. How are we going to divide up? The baronies, and then there's the dukedoms and and fiefdoms, and there's a little bit of subdivisions in there because somebody was the earls. You got the earls, the dukes. Yeah, we got it's. A, we, we'll figure it out, and then you know this will go into the public domain, uh, and then when the end of the world takes place, and this is uncovered, you know, some thousands of years from now, there will be a document showing who owned yeah. what, and you, and well, your heirs will have, and a your right heirs to will it. end up with the country. It'll be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and you know what, and, and you will actually go down as a cool dude or dudette, as it were, because you you hooked your your brothers and sisters up. Oh, I did have one more karma mention. Uh, Dr. John Calvin Jones says, I just got off the phone with Mississippi Valley State University. Yes, home of Jerry Rice. Does that say anything? It doesn't mean anything to you, John? It means everything, something to everybody listening to the show except you. Yesterday, they offered me $5,400 to teach three grad classes for this spring semester. I made a counter offer and asked you for some karma. The secretary just said they agreed to all of my terms and I will be getting paid more than tenured professors there. The karma works. You need to invite karma calls and or more people to pledge so karma can be sent to others. As soon as I get my deposit, I will pass along my good fortune in the name of spreading good karma. And uh, we can't promise anything on this, but uh, somehow there's something going on with this karma thing. And uh, uh, most people are very positive about its effects. I'm happy to report. Indeed. So there were um, kind of a little vindication, which I thought was uh, kind of nice. Um, I think it was 2008, 2009, the 2008 season, uh, when I was at the uh, the Curry, what was that, the cottage. I was in the UK, and I uh, kept saying that there's a space war going on over our head. There's a space war. They're shooting at each other in space. Yeah, this is a topic that we've dropped. Yeah, well, because you scoffed at me, as usual. And uh, so now WikiLeaks comes out with a cable <laughs> that in 2008, Do 2009... Do we know this is really WikiLeaks or is this a hoax? Well, it's... Uh, well, who the hell knows, right? But, you know... The, right, the, the cable... Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. But the cable looks official. It has all kinds okay, of what numbers. What does it say? It says uh, the United States uh, and China were in a military standoff over space, and they were shooting. So the, what the cable says is that they were shooting their own missiles down to prove that uh, they could do it, and they could sh- uh, their own satellites, not missiles, satellites. Remember that satellite that uh, that oh yeah. oh yeah it, uh, it it got blown, it crashed into something else, and I said space war, and you were like, yeah. ah, that's crazy. So it turns out it was they were lasering these things out of the sky. And and the cable says that the U.S. shot their own satellite and then China shot theirs. Just, oh, yeah, we can do that, too. I think it's probably more likely that the, that the, that the U.S. shot the Chinese satellite. But they're lasering it with uh, there's all, all kinds well, of... Well, actually, it could be that the U.S. shot the Chinese satellite and then the Chinese shot the U.S. Yeah, satellite. Yeah, yeah, t- totally possible. Anyway, so it's uh, now con- confirmed. Are, were, were expired satellites anyway, I believe. Yeah, there's so much junk in space. Besides, you know, it'd be a pretty cool target range, but they're, they're now they're thinking of developing this huge yeah. net. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, please. 
<laughs> Please stop with your net. Why don't you net the, the Pacific Ocean while you're at it? I mean, I, it's like ridiculous. I tried to get up early this Do morning. Do the math on the amount of, uh, the, you know, just forget it. I woke up at uh, 3.30 and I realized I was an hour too early because the National Reconnaissance Office sent off another rocket from Vandenberg this morning at 4.26. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, a smaller one, Minotaur rocket, Minotaur 1. Did, oh, you didn't get to see the trail? No, I fell back asleep until 5.30 when my alarm went off. Oh. Because they, they were supposed to do it yesterday, but it got scrubbed because uh, one of their transmitters wasn't working. And these guys just got an endless supply of money. I would oh, just yeah. shoot another satellite, another spy satellite into space. Eh, whatever. Go for it. Who cares? Yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, I, I'm sure it must be a lot of fun working at Vandenberg. Can I push the button today? Can I push the button? <laughs> <laughs> sure, uh, push the button. I had Go some. Oh, here was a, a little funny one I found under the uh, biodiversity. Hey. So if you're um, if you're in charge of uh, propagating the global warming meme, and let's face it, the bankers who are ultimately going to receive the carbon credit money, they, I, I would say they're pretty much at the top of the food chain of in control of the climate change carbon credit scam. If you really wanted to ensure your future, what would you do, John? So let's say you're uh, the Rothschilds. I'm just naming a, uh, a bank. If you, what would uh, I do? Yeah, if you really wanted to ensure that everyone bought into the climate change and you wanted to, you know, in case, let's just say the weather didn't quite work out the way you wanted it to, or, you know, we, we already know that uh, the scientists have uh, tried to no, no, no. I, I document don't know what the I data. Do, I don't. I can't think like that. No. Well, I think that I would buy uh, a seventy percent controlling stake in Weather Central LP, the world's leading provider of interactive weather graphics and data services for television, web, and mobile services. I think that's what I'd do. Why? Because if you own the company, then you can manipulate what data is being sent to television, web, radio, and newspapers. Oh, I see. You, you're, so what you're assuming mm-hmm. is that some there's a scam aspect to this, that, and you can use the control of the media uh, yes. as a way of manipulating information to, uh, to screw over the public. It's never happened before, but it's a no. novel idea. <laughs> It's Listen never to this. before. General Electric owning NBC. <laughs> Listen to this. Disney owning ABC. Founded in 1974, Weather Central is the global provider of professional on-air, online, print, mobile, and enterprise weather solutions and forecasting with 100, 180 employees, including 70 meteorologists. Now, hold on a second. This is a big... This, these are the guys. So the, the question remains, now, who is it that was buying these people? Rothschild... What, why this doesn't make any sense unless what you say is true exactly it's so not a, it's not an investment that they would normally make unless right. there was some alternative reason right. for making it weather central yeah. has secured a leading 46 percent market share of north america's weather information delivery market for broadcast and media delivering content to hundreds of millions of viewers it is the largest provider of broadcast and interactive web weather solutions for media companies in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, better known as the North American Union. Weather Central has more than 400 broadcast television clients in 21 countries worldwide. It provides weather forecasts to millions of users. Day- what? You're telling me that the guy on KTLA doesn't do that himself? 
he does, he's not studying the charts? You're not going to tell me that he actually gets the information from a Rothschild-controlled company, are you? You know, they had this guy used to be a weather guy in the West Coast, and he's been floating around. He's, in, he's worked at little markets here and there. His name was Harry Geis. And Harry Geis, we, and he has a couple of protégés out there. Harry Geis uh, was condemned by the Meteorological Society because he incorporated all, other data other than what they were. <laughs> other, the other than Ministry of Truth was given him. Uh, uh, then the approved data, and he made all kinds of weather predictions <clears throat> that were very interesting because his accuracy was a, at least twice that of anybody else that was doing weather. And he was constantly hounded and hounded and hounded, and he was denounced and everything in between. There's been a couple of, uh, of his protégés out there, and I've always been amused by this because it's obvious that there's, you know, there's some politics involved in the weather. So I'll take it one step further. The CEO of this particular arm of the Rothschild Empire is Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, Hillary Clinton's buddy. You know oh. her, don't you? Oh, yeah. The kind of hot, milfy-looking Rothschild. She's way too... She, I think she married in, right? She's way too cute to be an evil banker. Uh, and she has a quote here in the acquisition uh, press release. Weather Central is a world-class company that is number one in its category with a history of success. Mm-hmm. A talented team and a very bright future. Their products, which are the world's most precise for broadcast, online, and mobile forecasting, allow companies and individuals unparalleled insights. Whether designed for an insurance company wanting to alert its customers of an impending hailstorm, a hedge fund trying to monitor agricultural commodities, or a consumer planning a vacation, no one has better information than Weather Central. Oh, wait. No one has better information than Weather Central. At E.L. Rothschild, we will, we will use our resources, business expertise, and industry insights to build upon Weather Central's current success and to develop the company's escalating international profile in markets like Latin America and India. So this is exactly what I was saying the other day when I said, if everyone's so sure about client science, uh, science and, and uh, climate science and everyone knows exactly what's going to happen in 100 years from now. Science! Why don't you all take that expertise and get on the weather? Because if you can predict the weather or if you report the weather, you are the richest MF on earth. Because weather, everyone determines, the, everything is determiner is, revolves on weather and oil. Uh, climate's easy, weather's hard. Not, they did have a, a model, a computer model that would predict the weather perfectly accurately the next day. But it took two days to run the program. Yeah, you know, when you make the joke on Thursday, it just doesn't work on Sunday, okay? Hot pockets. So, <laughs> jeez. Can you, can you, what would it, if Jay Leno came out and did the same joke two nights in a row? It, oh, by the way, he does. He slightly yeah. alters the punchline, but clearly, he will do the same joke yeah, two or three clearly, nights in a row. Yeah, it's clearly where you get your inspiration from. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I thought that was rather interesting. Make a note, note, note on the tape that your little weather central voice is, is perfect for the show opener. Uh, what time is it here? 10.39. Okay. You mean the... Uh, okay, I can't remember what I did. It was good, well, though, huh? You, yeah. It was quite good. Okay, it was good. I uh, want to do some magic numbers, just a little break, and then I think you have a couple of clips we should be uh, listening to. Yeah, a couple. Okay, some magic numbers around Gitmo Nation. Uh, from Brazil, little article... Uh, and remember, the number 33, of course, lots of numbers are recurring, but there's either two reasons for the number 33 showing up in a news article. One is a message back to home base like, hey, mission accomplished, boys. Or 
it's uh, Hill and Knowlton's way of getting on this program. Uh, number of people in Brazil with high blood pressure who will now need some uh, some of that uh, pharma stuff that we make. Lipitor, thirty three million. <laughs> Lockheed may lose thirty three billion if Marines F thirty five is cut. Hillsborough, Tampa, Florida. Deputies arrest 33 on drug charges. Macau gambling revenue leaps 33% in January. Siemens Alpha diesel hybrid bus cuts fuel consumption by 33%. Police say man blows .333 on breathalyzer. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. U.S. cancer rate, 1 in 333. Hey. Way to go, guys. Hey, how many bank failures since 2008, John? Three hundred. Oh, there's a three in there. 333. Uh, let me see. Uh, there's a couple of ones I think are just too bogus. Airbus delivered 33 aircraft in January. <laughs> now we're stretching. And uh, the Ford Mustang sales are down by 33%. Oh, by the way, did you see, and unfortunately there's no video from it, the uh, CEO of Chrysler, he was at a, an event uh, two days ago, and he was talking about, because of course Chrysler didn't get the sweetheart deal that GM did. Chrysler got like you know, like four, four or five billion dollars, and they have to pay back a billion dollars a year. And the CEO said, ah, these shyster loans we got. Three times in this, uh, he was on the stage at like a J.D. Powers and Associates event or something like that. And he kept talking about, ah, these shyster loans, shyster loans. Ah, they they messed us up with their shyster loans. He, of course, had to come out and apologize because I think it's a very derogatory term. Shyster, is that not like a anti-Semitic roots? Well, in some broad sense, yeah. I just thought it was really but funny But doesn't Bush Shyster use the term? show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Yeah, he's saying it right there. Shyster yeah, show up. Do it again because I stepped on it. Shyster show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. It's proof that it happens. Shut up. Yeah, they, so he's like, ah, we, he, we... He didn't apologize for it. He apologized because somebody called him to the carpet. Hey, exactly. we gave you the money. <laughs> yeah, shut up. You weren't supposed to be bitching about it, yeah, okay? Really. Yeah, what do you want? You want to wake up one morning and have a tea to the head and a gun in your left hand? Is that what you want? Uh, good news, though. The Estonians apparently have found the uh, stolen carbon credits. Hey, for the Estonians, I want to go to Estonia. Yeah, I'll go to New Zealand. You enjoy Estonia is supposed to have the best-looking blonde women in the world. In fact, they have a parade called Blonde Day or something. It's just like the that. mustache you have to get beyond. But otherwise, they're <laughs> there goes our Estonian listener. So, <laughs> right. So let me play. I'm to, to, to talk about. It, I just want to give you an idea. Some what, the, what, how we do this show and what some of the problems we run into and why we really do need your support. I want to play, and this sidetracked me for quite some time. I want to play the clip here, Mark Shields, who's, a, who's on PBS and he's on a bunch of shows. And I, I, the clip is called Mark Shields is an Idiot. What is he, a, a journalist? What is he? No, he's a pundit. Well, he's, he's an idiot. Pundit. We know he's an idiot. But, he, but, but this, this, this really got to me. And I do this, by the way, commonly. I think you do it to a lesser extent. When you hear something you just know is bogus. Right. And it's being passed off like a 12-year-old says, makes it up as they go along. Your t- kids do this. 
You know, you always say, what, are you making it up as you go along? And instead of saying, I don't know, which is easier to do, you know, you just make it up. And you or just say something that's bogus. Play mm-hmm. this. not working. And as I think enough justices perceive that it's not going to work, that will incline them to reach this high constitutional principle and throw it out. I, what I, I learned agree. in law school, the Supreme Court follows the election I, returns, Mark. He didn't have to go to law school. All he had to do was read Finley Peter Dunn, who said that in 1896. <laughs> Okay, I didn't understand one word of what he said. All right, there we're talking about uh, you know the about the Supreme Court picking up on the uh, on these these challenges to Obamacare. Oh right, and he throws out he didn't have to go to law school. He could have read Peter <coughs> Finley Peter Dunn in eighteen ninety six. What is that? I, well, that's what I wanted to know. What is he? What is he? Why does somebody do a name drop like that? So Peter Finley or fin, Finley Peter Dunn was this writer who was supposed to be comedic, who, by the way, is unreadable. People can go look it up. So I went and looked at everything he wrote because it's available on both Gutenberg and archive.org. Uh-huh. So I looked at his book in 1899 book, the uh, Hello? 1910 book, the 1900. I looked all these things up. I finally, there was no, this is bogus. For one thing, there's no document that was 1896, so the date was wrong, and there's no real evidence except for his, his 1901 book, which is called Mr. Dooley's Opinions, where there may be some reference to the Supreme Court being politically inclined, which is what his point was. So what now so i'm on a i'm just on a panel and out of the blue i say well you didn't have to go to law school you could have read finley peter dunn in 1896 when he said that right who who does stuff like this anyway it's just mark shields apparently (laughs) it just bugged me to no end you're worked up about it well yeah because people just throw this crap well as as so-and-so said in 1816 i mean nobody's (laughs) gonna look it up or check it out it's (laughs) bullcrap I love it when you get all worked up about stuff like that. Well, it's just annoying. I mean, what is this guy thinking? Who does he think he is? Why is he throwing this out? Who is this writer? The writer is impossible to read. He writes in dialect, which was extremely unreadable, especially around the turn of the century. Gaelic? Where there's no real words. It's if and dove and the. I could read some of them, and you'd go crazy trying to figure out what he's saying. But it is ridiculous. Anyway, I was just very annoyed by this, and it took up a lot of my time. Yeah. Uh, well, that would annoy me, too. Annoying. Yeah, that would annoy me, too. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Peter Finley, Finley, Peter Dunn. Yeah. If you see him, throw a shoe at him. Throw a boot at his head and say, this is from Dvorak because you're an idiot. Uh, we finally figured out what to do with general aviation for the pilots and uh, enthusiasts in the audience. Of course, uh... You know, this has been a, a point of contention for uh, Lucy Napolitano uh, that uh, general aviation just gets to fly all over the place. You know, they, we don't have to go through naked body scanners or anything. This is crazy. You can't have that. You can't have that going on. So uh, a contract has been awarded to AS&E Corporation to develop an entire aircraft back backscatter screening system. <laughs> so you're going to have to taxi the aircraft through a backscatter thing. Why? So, in, Why? In, in case you're Al Qaeda, you know. When's the last time a small craft did anything except whether that one guy? But yeah, he just basically drove his plane into an office. Yeah, the IRS office. Yeah, those guys with fuel. I mean, the whole thing's fuel. You get filled with fuel and crash into an office. What? What do you need a backscatter for? You got to put fuel in the plane. Well, someone. I'm, I haven't looked into uh, AS and E. This is another scam. <laughs> one of these creeps is trying to make some money on the side off the government tit. Well, American Science and Engineering Inc. is a leading worldwide supplier 
of innovative X-ray inspection systems with over 50 years of experience in developing advanced X-ray security systems. So, there so are, it's going to be able to X-ray an airplane and you're going to be sitting inside yes, it? Yes. Does this sound safe to anybody? <laughs> well, you know, you get more radiation from flying in the plane than the backscatter will actually give to you. Uh-huh. Just so you know. Which makes nothing but sense. I sure hope Burbank hasn't activated their backscatter so I have to opt out when I fly up. It's going to suck. I really hopped out from flying. I really hope. What are they going to do? Pat down the plane? Hey, <laughs> nice opt rear out. wheel you got there. <laughs> I'm going to opt out. <laughs> A little update on uh, the sleeping fins. Of course, uh, the uh, health officials in Finland have now uh, said there is a definite link between the swine flu vaccinations and uh, children now uh, suffering from narcolepsy. Just falling asleep in school. Everywhere. (laughs) And say, well, you know, they're saying, you know, we we really should have uh, not given the vaccine to to 5 to 20-year-olds is what the chief medical officer of Finland's National Public Health Institute is now saying, which is exactly... Exactly who the World Health Organization said should Targeted. receive. Yeah, right. it said it needs to be the young kids. It's different from everything else. Give it to the young yeah, kids. And when you're older, you won't get the flu anyway. So they can sleep. We want the kids to sleep. Nap for humanity. That's right. Hey, well, by the way, go. It'll be, a pl- it'll be a plus for global warming. It will be. It will be. Go to napforhumanity.com, please. And uh, help uh, Tice out. He needs some uh, help on uh, some of He's got some great products he's putting together there. Nice pillows. Uh, I think he's got some sleeping bags. And he needs a little bit of marketing help. Napforhumanity.com. Yeah, we're going to push the Nap for Humanity thing. It's catchy. It's nice. We're looking for the iNap app. Yeah. And so you can track, uh, we, you track how, much, uh, how many carbon credits you've uh, created. Right, and we need someone to do the math. Yes. We still need a mathematician out there that can calculate... The differential between w- w- awake and napping in terms of carbon uh, output. So I was looking for the 33 in this article. I couldn't find it because I'm sure it was targeted at us or at me specifically. As um, they have now uh, developed a microchip that can be implanted in the brain that will remove your uh, your Tourette's uh, symptoms. Sure. <laughs> so you're going to have this operation? Let me think. Uh No. <laughs> you crazy? But you know they're targeting Kill me. all the humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing voices, John. I don't know what to do. Well, I, and then, then maybe the chip will help. Yeah. So the, this um, the cyber war stuff is getting a little a little scary now. Not that the cyber stuff is scary, but so we have the you know the whole idea of an internet kill switch. And our own El Presidente says, well, you know, if, we, if, uh, if there's a cyber attack, then uh, uh, we need to be able to shut down the Hoover Dam. I'm like, please. I mean, how insulting is this? How, where are all these pundits? Where is Shelley Palmer coming out and saying this is an outrage that the president talks his bull crap? You know, you don't have to connect the Hoover Dam to the Internet. You know, this is crazy. This is absolute crazy talk. And now... Through the United Nations, the East-West Foundation, whose authors include representatives from Microsoft and Northrop Grumman, uh, we need a Geneva Convention on Cyber War. Oh, please. Hey, man. Hey, man. Don't DDoS me, man. That's against the Geneva (laughs) Convention. (laughs) This 
this is out of control. People, do people actually believe this stuff? Apparently, a lot of them do. In the you know, well, the president, well, the president needs to be able to shut down the Hoover Dam. Please, you don't need to connect the Hoover Dam to the internet. Why is the Hoover Dam connected to the internet in the first it's place? It's not. It's not. The Hoover Dam actually came out and said, "Hey, I'm the Hoover Dam. I'm not connected." Yeah, uh, even Wired. Well, thank God Wired did something. Uh, U.S. Bureau of Reclamation is shooting down a key legislative talking point that the Internet kill switch legislation is needed to prevent cyber terrorists from opening the Hoover Dam's floodgates. Can you believe how stupid someone is to put this in there? <laughs> and this is a talking point. Well, and the president said it. Well, you know, I mean, this is not to shut down your uh, not to shut down your access to Kardashians.com. No, this is uh, this is to shut down the Hoover Dam so terrorists can't uh, flood everything with it and open the gates. <laughs> Open the flood. Open the floodgates. This is an actual talking point. How stupid is that? Throw a shoe at him. Throw a shoe. At a panel in Washington last week, a GOP staffer working on the bill was even more terrifying. Quote, No. We are very concerned about an electric control system that could cause the floodgates to come open at the Hoover Dam and kill thousands of people in the process, said Brandon Milhorn. Here, let me write that down. Brandon, he'll be the... Yeah. Why don't you call him out as a douchebag? Well, here, uh, uh, I'd love to. Douchebag. And here it comes. I'm throwing a shoe at your head, Brandon. Staff director of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. He finishes a quote with, that's a significant concern. <sighs> it's a significant concern? <laughs> we need to come up with a couple more. What, what, what other horrible things could happen uh, because of... Uh, Someone uh, hacking a cyber war on the internet. What else could happen? Besides opening the, the, the floodgates flood of Hoover Dam. <laughs> I can't even I come know. up with something. It's like that. No, I mean, that's pretty much the pinnacle. It's a stretch already, isn't it? Unbelievable. <sighs> well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, we need a Geneva. Hey, man. It's in the Geneva Convention of Cyber Just Wars. another boondoggle so they can go to some remote location in a nice resort and drink. This is bo- this costing the American taxpayers too much money, these oh, idiots. Oh, it's, it's billions because this is uh, CENTCOM is what this is. Um, and this you know, they've just opened up the cyber CENTCOM. It's just more money for, let me see, who are the names? Microsoft and Northrop Grumman. Just more money for them to put... Uh, you know, cyber, anti-cyber firewall stuff, all of that in place. And then, of course, we get the hackers penetrate NASDAQ computers. Yeah, right. It, hackers from Goldman Sachs. It's not like some kid sitting around hacking into NASDAQ. <sighs> all right. Investigators are considering a range of possible motives, including unlawful financial gain, theft of trade secrets, and national security threat designed to damage the exchange. Meh. <laughs> Be very afraid, slaves. But don't worry, your Facebook and Twitters will still work just fine. But we don't want them. The government to. is stealing trade secrets constantly. Yeah. So uh, I, I ran into an interesting out of the blue clip, and I think it portends. I assume you're done with this topic. <laughs> yes, quite done. Thank you. Play this. I thought this was weird. And by the way, the guy is asked a question, and he should just say yes or no, but he rambles and rambles. But it seems as though we're about to cut Haiti loose. 
Interesting. I have some news about that as well. Here comes the clip. The Heritage Foundation and Michael Shifter, president of the Inter-American Dialogue. Thanks to both of you for being with us on Great Decisions. Right to the top question. Should the United States give up on Haiti? Ray? The question, I think, is posed in a moral sense. Should the U.S. do a particular, make a particular decision regarding Haiti? I don't think that is the way the question should be posed. Will the U.S. give up on Haiti? And I'm afraid that the answer may be that the U.S. over time will tend to give up on Haiti because the problems that it faces there in the reconstruction process, dealing with an impoverished country with low levels of human capital and financial capital, given its tendency to move towards political division, uh, the insecurities there, and the competing interests that we face around the world in a, in a period of physical retrenchment, I think will lead us eventually to more or less give up or to lose patience with Haiti. Well, okay, you know what? So, yeah. so wait, yeah. the, the thing is, so we might as well just keep all that money we collected, by the way. Yeah, well, that would be a, a great solution to keeping the money. So, so uh, Bill Clinton and uh, George Bush... And a cast of thousands stole the money. And there's been all this like, well, you know, where's this money? What's going on? And uh, if George Clooney actually came out and said, hey, 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 where's the money? I'm going to stare you to, until you fall dead like a goat, like I did in that movie. He doesn't do that, of course. But if he did, then everyone would be, hey, that's, yeah, that's crazy, man. You know, little John and Adam talking about it doesn't help any. So what is the best possible way to just cover it all up? It's just to cut the ties. Now, interesting you bring that up. Um, you know, they've had this uh, election, scam election, and it's all being manipulated. And now, and this, of course, uh, they, they're, not doing, they're not giving out the results. The results will come in March after a runoff. And the officials in Haiti have just excluded the ruling party candidate from the runoff. Now, this was uh, Clinton's uh, Clinton's bitch, Jude Celestine. He's been kicked out of the runoff, so now it's going to be first former uh, first lady uh, Mirlande Manigat against. Oh, uh, so that wait a minute, That's sweet Nikki Martelli, con- the, the singer. A new connection now. Okay, hit me. The new connection is that Clinton got screwed in this deal, so he sends the meme into the into mm-hmm. the public domain that we're going to cut Haiti loose. What do you think of that? Exactly. And I think it's the best thing that could happen for Haiti, and I'll take a little bit. I think that this show should take a little bit of credit for that. Get get those evil elites out. The, the people are going to go through a lot of hardship, but this is not the first time. They, they revolted against their slave masters, the French. They've succeeded for a long time. It's going to be very, very difficult. But as, if they're going to build hotels, at least let it be their hotels. That's the, only, and that's the only thing left for them to do. And it's going to be hard, but at least you won't have those evil Clintons hanging around. And there's this great picture of, because uh, Hillary was just there, uh, of her and, uh, and Jude Celestine. And she's like smiling with that goofy smile on her face. Like, yeah, this is where my hotel is going to be. This is going to be my view. I'm going to love it here. So I think you're right. I think that the meme has been thrown in there. We're pulling out. Uh, and by the way, no one will ever ask about the money again. It'll be done. And it'll be like, well, you know, it was just too crazy. Uh, we had to let Haiti be Haiti. You know, they really didn't want our help. That, you, I think you're absolutely right. They didn't want our help. They didn't want our help. They didn't want our help or our money, apparently. And certainly not our blankets. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Send us your cash. And we sent it to them. We sure did. 
He didn't well, say send Haiti your cash. He said send us your cash. He wasn't lying. There's no false advertising there. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think it's been totally cut loose. And uh, if you see uh, George Clooney, throw a shoe at him and say, how come you didn't follow up on Haiti, you bastard? You bastard, you. How come you get a hot girlfriend and you don't have to follow up on Haiti? Hmm? You bastard. I'm all for sh- throwing shoes at people. I'm just yeah, calling them out. Shoe, you got a shoe meme going. Yeah, well, we've got to be throwing shoes. It's, it, it's, the, it's the only message that comes through, and it's a strong message to our brothers and sisters around Gitmo Nation, because everyone understands it. Everybody understands what the shoe means. So, well, so and so I'm I'm tuning around. Look, you know, I, I was short this week. There's a, I did this Egyptian thing has been killing me. <laughs> Not just you, by the way. It's been killing some actual Egyptians. Yeah, but the point is, is this like a news thing? It's a big phony deal. Let, let me play a couple, get a couple of Egyptian clips out of the way. So you hear, listen to the cliches. This is like the cliche of the day that you're going to be hearing a lot of. Play that. So they're sort of balancing that too, which we haven't heard a lot about. I wanted to address this idea of whether Islamists would take over. We hear this a lot. There's a very important distinction to be made about Egypt relative to other countries in the Middle East, and that is that the, that Egypt needs the Western world. Um, you know, Iran has oil. Egypt does not. Egypt depends on tourism, on traffic through the Suez Canal, on U.S. aid um, coming through, and so. Um, Anyone who takes over will have to certainly keep that in mind just for Egypt's economy to survive. Yeah. What a crock. (laughs) By the way, the uh, Egyptian cotton is the best cotton you can buy. If you can buy stuff made from Egyptian cotton. Yeah, and it's not genetically modified like the cotton you get here, which is nuts. Putting GMO cotton on your body is not good for you. Egyptian cotton wears like iron and it's soft as cashmere. It is astonishing how good that stuff is. <clears throat> Does it get promoted? I don't no, think so. No, no. What it. are we it's wearing? Hemas. We're wearing Hemas. And you know what? You know that ain't no Egyptian cotton in those Hema underwear. Actually, I think it is. We but al- anyway. We also sell uh, tear gas to Egypt. So there was a, an interesting think tank thing going on where they were discussing uh, the Heritage Foundation. And it was, uh, or, or oh no, Brookings. It was the Brookings Institute, which is a true uh, think tank in the in the old school sense, meaning they work for the agency. Uh, and they had Bob Gregory, for some unknown reason, who's that weird guy who does meet the press with the dark eyebrows, and he looks like Andy Warhol, and he's got a kind of a duck mouth, you know that guy? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's um, uh, MK Ultra. He's totally, and, and, and you listen to his, his jokes that he does, and he pulls, in, this guy's giving an analysis of, of a, a really interesting analysis based on uh, some, some research he's done, his name's Kenneth Pollard. And he's with Brookings. And, and at the end of this, uh, Gregory cr- chimes in with just some inane comment about, well, you know, but just play this and you'll see what I'm talking about and why these, some of these mainstream guys should just not be on the air at all. Pointed out that everything that Crane Brinton and Theta Scotchpole and these wonderful scholars of revolution had been writing about, it's all there in the Middle East. And it was only a matter of time. It was either going to be a gradual process of reform or it was going to be a sudden explosive process of revolution. And the last point on that, it's also important to keep in mind that the terrorism that we face is born of the exact same problem. 
the terrorists, the Ayman al-Zawahiris, the Osama bin Laden, they are frustrated revolutionaries. They all tried to start revolutions in their own countries. And like other groups, Russians before them, they turned to terrorism when they found they couldn't start the social revolution. And they went after us because they saw us as the power standing behind the governments that they were seeking to overthrow. So all these problems well, before we all make come them too to us. They're awful, also nihilists who are evil. And, uh, but again, they're you know, always there. <laughs> Okay, so he, so the guy Somebody just is point making, out they're also violent and evil. I mean, the guy is doing an analysis that is actually valuable for people who are. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty thoughtful. Good. Exactly, he's, and he's going into the research and he's trying to trying to deconstruct the the mechanisms going on in the Middle East, which is what a think tank does. And this idiot chimes in with, well, yeah, well, that may be true, but they're also nihilist and evil. Well, that's his programming, man. That's exactly how it Jeez. works. He's like, he hears the word terrorist, uh, evil, they evil. are evil. Get him off the stage. <laughs> He's a robot. He's a total MK Ultra robot. Unbelievable. <laughs> that is pretty funny. He, he made another stupid comment later in the show when somebody says, well, when I know a lot of the leaders, you know, somebody very logical and they're in, they're in Doha, I think, talking. And they say, well, a lot of the leaders probably are right now in their uh, palaces who and then Gregory jumps in and says, expansive palaces. <laughs> yes, built with drug money. He has to make some <laughs> comment. I mean, just shut up. Oh, what a douche. Wait, let me just give him a little uh, douchebag. A little douchebag call out there. So uh, the, one other thing. So I'm tuning around the, the network, the channels, and I run into. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry this happened, but it was uh, 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 Pierce Morgan. Yes. No. And it, no. And it was. He was talking to uh, what's the, uh, the actor? Was uh, Silence of the Lambs? I don't know why his name's not. Oh. Um, yeah, but, that guy. The guy who keeps doing the crazy guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anthony, uh, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. So he's doing an interview with Anthony Hopkins, and I finally realized what Piers Morgan's problem is. He is like a ten-year-old. He asked the questions he asked are stupid. Hopkins called, said the questions are awkward, but he just play this clip. But before you do it, it's like Piers Morgan does a lot of these questions. If you were a tree, what kind of a tree would you be? <laughs> oh, what is your favorite color? Yeah, it's like I mean the whole. No, he actually, but he actually asks it differently. He'll say, "What is your favorite color?" Exactly. It's like, but it's if, like, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? It's every, these questions are so stupid, and he interrupts, when the guy's actually having an interesting little chat, he interrupts him with one of these dumb questions, because, you know, Larry King, if you studied his interview style, Larry would... would, would hey, ask, hey, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> if Larry used to do this, they weren't awkward, they were interesting changing the subject right boom 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 right but they, right but they weren't stupid questions like this guy asks and i think no, this guy's larry is laughing his ass off <laughs> what a dick <laughs> they'll um, they'll be coming they'll be begging for me to come back beyond my greatest dreams everything so i've got no complaints no demons lurking around in the corners of my well, mind all the moments you've had what would be the moment you'd replay right now if you had the chance Ah, you asked these awkward questions. I enjoyed getting the Oscar. Yeah, he asked that a lot. He, that's one of his standard questions. Uh, it's like, you know, and Kim Kardashian said, or Chloe, or whichever K. Like, oh, at the birth of my son. Um, but I, I oh, think so he, he has, so that's, a, that's, that's one of his standard, yeah, it's one so of his stock questions. he's basically got a script. 
but uh, he actually he's turned a corner, and I saw him doing something yesterday, which I think is will get ratings because I know the American audience. I mean the the slave audience, and he had uh, an Exorcist on. Of course, we have the movie coming out. <laughs> We have the the. Well, that's for the movie. Yeah, the right. Right. We have the. It's the the remastered, uh, unseen. Uh, oh, that's wait. Hold director's on. Director's cut. I did, yeah. I didn't, hold on. I didn't make this clip, but that's funny that you should say this because he used the word exorcise. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, on the with this interview with Hopkins, and I kept hearing exorcise because the way yeah. he pronounces, it, I say. So what would you exercise if you could exercise anything? Yeah, well, my ex- my calves. You know my my. <laughs> That's what it my, sounded my like. And so he's, but he was saying exercise, exercise again, I suppose, to promote. Yeah, okay. This sounds like it's all linked together. Yeah. No, it is. And so he actually had a real exorcist on. And uh, and they had, had like, uh, video cam footage of, of them performing. A Catholic priest. Yeah, performing an exorcism. I'm like, now you're talking. That's going to get ratings. You know, he has Colin Kardashian on. No one cares. Whatever her name is. And, you know, it's like, uh, uh. But now, now you if you get that's what people will watch. Pierce, now you're talking. Yeah, he won't be able to find enough of that. It's not his style. Well, this, someone is going to say, "Hey, look, man, we got a 1.0 rating for the exorcism thing." More of that, Pierce. He's not going to be able to stop that. It's just, it's just going to happen. Well, they're going to have to. It's going to take a really high quality Booker. Yeah. Well, they, they they're going to have to do something. Um. So I got one last clip I'll play. Yeah, sure. Hit me. So Spitzer. Oh, my now, friend I, Elliot. I, I'm watching this, this show, by the way. The guy who had the $5,000 a night hookers. Yeah, good for him. More power to him. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Hell guy yeah. uh, has got this show, a Spitzer, whatever it is, Parker. And uh, so he brings on this radical Islam guy. and he's, <laughs> Wait, uh, it, A terrorist? Yeah, terrorist. A, and and a he Nile? does this ridiculous setup. Which is like asking the stupidest questions. Oh wait a minute! I saw that. No, this was the guy who was via remote, and the guy has like the beard and the hat yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, I saw this. It was hilarious. I saw it. <laughs> it was I saw totally it. hilarious. Yeah. But it's this. The, the thing that got me was this lead-in. Uh oh, John. Yeah. Oh, I, I lost you at lead-in. Oh, I said, well, I have this lead in. The thing that was interesting was Spitzer's lead in to, you know, he basically explains everything he wants to say before he even says a word to this guy, which is very much like what Chris Matthews does. He talks too much. And um, and then by the time he asks the question, you already know what the answer is going to be or what you think it might be, even though this guy kind of threw a curveball back at him. But I didn't play that. But it's just like, here's the interesting. I want to comment on it after it's plays. He was wrong. What's going on in Egypt and in Tunisia and in Jordan and in Yemen is a genuine democratic uprising. But there is one conspicuous absence. Radical Islam. Tonight, we have a unique opportunity to talk with one of the leading voices of Muslim extremism. Joining us now from London, Anjem Chowdhury. Welcome back, Mr. Chowdhury. Yes, uh, good evening. Good evening to you as well. I've got to be very direct with you, Mr. Chowdhury. You lost. There is revolution sweeping through the Arab world in the Middle East, and the voice that is conspicuously absent is the voice that you espouse, radical Islam. How do you possibly explain that? <laughs> so the guy says he's full of crap is what he says. Yeah. But, but it's like one thing is conspicuously absent. You could have put anything in there. One thing is conspicuously abs- absent, the Chinese. How do you explain there is no Chinese presence? 
One thing is conspicuous, conspicuously absent. There's no Japanese there. What <laughs> what happened? What, you got a Japanese representative. What happened to you, Japanese? Where are the Mexicans? Where are the Mexicans? There's no Canadians there. I'm telling you. This is like, this is a yeah. bogus piece. It was just a created piece of crap that was just, it was just an eye. It, it was, it was like, funny. It was funny because at the end... Elliot Spitzer does his, I have to agree with, disagree with everything you say. You're a horrible person. I had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. So um, to wrap it up, I, I, I would just like to say that uh, the North American Union, which I think we were probably talking about two, three years ago as well, uh, is, is, has really come one step closer amidst all of this turmoil in uh, Egypt as uh, people are all looking at uh, uprising in Egypt. Um, revolution. No, what was it? Revolution and something else. I, they change it every day. They don't have a good uh, a good tagline catchphrase. No, nah, they don't managed. have a tagline for it that really works. Um, because there's, no, there's no alliteration. It has to be e. You know, it can't be like uh, the error in Egypt. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really what it is. The error in Egypt. Uh, so of course uh, now that uh, now that Mexico is uh, has GE supplying uh, Texas with our energy, uh, I, I, th- I think we pretty much own Gitmo Nation Taco. I think that's pretty much ours. Uh, you know, we give we we give them the guns, we give them everything. It's like you know, yeah, whatever. It's, 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 we're all, we're all one big happy country. Did you see that um, Prime Minister Harper, uh, part of the uh, cabal that has now. Uh, uh, made it so that our human resources in Gitmo Nation, Great White North, uh, have a bandwidth cap of 25 gigabytes per month and can no longer uh, stream stuff without paying overages. You followed that, I'm sure. Yeah, 25 gigs is not. It's nothing. Low. It's nothing. It's nothing. If you're watching movies, you're watching Netflix. It's one one a day, and no. then you're over by five uh, gigabytes at the end. No, it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's a it's a it's a fix, and it could happen here, by the way. Oh, it will. Uh, probably will. Now, I'm not against paying, but the whole idea of a cap and then huge over... Before, before we even go to that, I called AT&T yesterday. And AT&T, by the way, if, you, if you're if you roaming overseas, uh, they are still the best deal available. Don't think that T-Mobile is one company. Don't think that Verizon is going to do any good for you overseas. So they had these deals. So uh, you have to buy a data package. My daughter is in London. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm able to get her a 100 megabyte data bundle for $100. And if she goes over that 100 megabytes, which is easy to do, by the way. It goes a lot faster than you think. The kids easily use a couple megs a day. If you go over that, then it's like $2.50 a meg. But the thing that killed me is... I said, well, she sends text messages. Oh, yes. Of course, it's a guy from India. Oh, yes, we see that. She has already sent 60, 60 text messages. At this, uh, at 60 text messages, $1.29 per text message sent or received. Like, what? <laughs> yes, but you can buy a bundle. Okay, give me the bundle. What do I get? Ah, uh, you get 50 text messages for $5. To great. Give me 200 of those. Oh, no. Only 50 per billing cycle. <laughs> so you can only get... The 50 messages per month and everything over that is 99 cents per text message sent or received. Wow. Now, so, and so, and then, then it's like, she says, would you like, are you interested? I'm sorry to do the accent, but this is what I get. Would you like to do calling <laughs> plan? Sorry. No, calling plan. 
Uh, yeah, I might as well because I feel I'm probably going to get shafted for that too. Oh yeah, these dollar ninety nine per minute incoming outcoming. I said, well, g- give me the plan. Give me the plan. So I get a dollar nineteen per minute on the phone, and then he goes on to say, "Now that is from the minute the phone rings." It's like, are you kidding me? So the the meter starts ticking the minute the phone rings, and if it goes to voicemail. The longer someone speaks on the voicemail, it counts for that one nineteen a minute. <laughs> Can you believe that crap? Well, you know, Eric, the shill, went to Finland recently and took that plan that you're talking about, which is the data bundle, blah, blah, blah. And he came back, and he, I, I think he finally resolved this with him, but he came back, and the bill was $8,000. <laughs> he was there a week. <laughs> Eight thousand. He got a hey. He got a better data package than I got. I mean, he had to be like online the whole time. I don't know how you get an eight thousand dollar bill from being in Finland for a week. My God, it's bait and switch, according to him. They, whatever they they're selling you, they're scamming yeah, they're you. Scam. Was it AT and T? Everybody out there, forget it. You're going to be overseas. Get a local card, a local GSM yeah. card, so yeah. you don't have to deal with this yeah, bull crap. Yeah, but then you have to get an unlocked phone. Of course, you're yes, locked you in. Yes, you have an unlocked phone. That's yeah. gee, what a shame. You everybody has one somewhere. Take your unlocked phone <sighs> to Europe. Put a GSM card, local card. You can buy them all over the place, and it's going to cost you twenty five bucks. And sure, you're not going to be able to have all the features. But you, what are you doing over there anyway? You surfing the internet for some reason? Forget it. Well, we know what Eric. We, well, if you do that. No, we know what Eric was doing. iPhonePorn.com. Now we know what he's doing. I no. just saw in the chat room: uh, 142 hours of sleep equals one uh, cubic meter of uh, carbon. He's going to be some cheap ass credits. What is it again? Uh, 142. 142 hours of sleep is one uh, cubic. Met one cubic meter. No, that doesn't make any sense. Post that again in the chat room. Is one cubic meter of carbon. So a ton. We got to sleep a lot. That's our- okay. We have a lot of people doing it. Nap for humanity. All right. So let me uh, napforhumanity.com, everybody. So let me play uh, a little news report here. I could have given you the C-SPAN raw footage, but I thought the news report was more interesting. Uh, how the North American Union is now in play, in place, as predicted, as essentially we have now taken over Canada. It is now ours, and and you have to see this footage at noagendashow.com because Harper is looking at Obama with a, a look of despair that is beyond belief. You can just see him go like, I'm so screwed here. This is like, this is just the end. You can just see the guy, he's given up. He's given up on it. And all your oil belonged to us, Canada. Now, what brought the prime minister to Washington was a new joint plan between the United States and Canada on the border, security and trade. Now, ever since 9-11, the United States has been erecting a wall of security around itself. And for Canada, the aim has been to keep trade flowing and to maintain sovereignty. The challenge for Obama and Harper is to find the right balance. Prime Minister Harper and President Obama unveiled sweeping new proposals to enhance both border security and trade, a shared vision for the perimeter of the two countries. They include new joint screening measures for things like cargo, more sharing of technologies and law enforcement, and new regulatory cooperation. We've directed our teams to develop an action plan to move forward quickly. Which means, bend over Canada, here it comes! And it's going to be fast and hard, and you're going to like it. And I'm confident that we're going to get this done so that our shared border 
enhances our shared prosperity. We must up our game to counter those seeking new ways to harm us. Do it all under the, oh, it's for security. Who's going to harm you? Who's the polar bears? Who's coming from Canada, John? (laughs) What, What danger is coming from Canada to harm us? And what harm are we sending up to Canada? It's all about securite, securite. I'll tell you what it's about in a minute, but first listen to the, the bull crap. And whenever someone says, this is not about us losing our sovereignty, it's pretty much about you losing your sovereignty. And I say us, because as I have said before, a threat to the United States is a threat to Canada. There will also be more sharing of information about travelers from the two countries. Will all of this put the privacy of Canadians and the sovereignty of the country at stake? This uh, declaration is not about sovereignty. We are sovereign countries who have the capacity to act as we choose to act. The question that faces us is to make sure we act in a sovereign way that serves Canada's interests. We match up more than probably any country on earth. We have uh, this border that benefits when it is open. There were protesters outside the White House today unhappy that Canada is promoting the Trans-Canada Pipeline to move so-called dirty oil to the U.S. Oh, dirty oil! Oh, John, it's the dirty oil! (laughs) We don't want the dirty oil! No! Well, this, of course, is exactly what it's about. It's a 1,900-mile pipeline uh, coming from the tar... uh, What is it? The tar sands? Tar sands, yeah. The tar sands. Coming right down. This is exactly what it's about. But, it, John, it's dirty oil. What is dirty oil? Well, dirty oil is a uh, oil has a lot of what, what ends up with a lot of what's referred to as bottoms in the refining business or usually has a like, high sulfur content. Uh, it's, it's dirty. Not, it's dirty. It's I dirty. I mean, it's, it's smelly. It's probably dark. I mean, there used to be a refinery called Pacific Refinery here, in, although they've, they've changed it. It's been bought recently in the Bay Area that used to get which brings us to the our oil discussions about you know this being a continuous process. There used to be some oil out of Bolivia that used to be that they had a contract for, and apparently this oil came out of the ground so clean that you could actually take it, pump it from the ground. You in could Bolivia drink it, and you could put drink it, it. You could drink it, and put it right in, <laughs> in a diesel car. engine, and it would work. Yeah, yeah. This is Keystone XL, um, and this is uh, this is a twenty billion dollar project. And, but, of course, it's sold to you stupid slaves in Canada, and us, by the way, as, uh, oh, it's for security, it's for our border. And, by the way, while we're at it, we're just going to, like, track everything. We need more information about what you people are doing up there. You know, we don't trust you. You, you speak funny, and you've, and you've taken all of our movie business. So we've we got to keep our eye on you, and let's just put this uh, uh, tar sand pipeline with the dirty oil. And it's just complete lie, and it's snuck in at this amazing moment when all this, when no one's focusing on it, like you know, uh, news organizations. Harper says oil as energy will not disappear anytime soon. The choice that the United States faces in all of these matters is whether to uh, increase its capacity to accept such energy from the most secure, most stable, and friendliest location it can possibly get that energy, which is Canada. So the right. thank you very much, Mr. Harper. Uh, all all your the dirty oil found what the problem with this oil is. All your base now belong to us. Because the question is, there's not that many refiners that can really deal with oil that's got a lot, that sulfur is so high, and it with piles of sulfur behind the place. 
So, um, quick uh, whip around Gitmo Nation, and we really got to stop. I mean, I've I've got to produce everything, and I got to catch a plane. We're done. Yeah, uh, just a quick whip around Gitmo Nation, John. You never know what uh, might uh, crop up. Gitmo Nation East uh, court bans man with low IQ from having sex. <laughs> it's just a great. Isn't that something for Dvorak.org slash blog? It's unbelievable. Totally. <laughs> That's a total Dvorak.org uncensored thing. <laughs> but enough about Tony Blair. Gitmo Nation Taco. Whoa! 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 Mexican government successfully sheds the U.S. dollar from its economy, so you can't uh, go down uh, to uh, uh, Gitmo Nation Taco anymore and throw your dollars around. They won't accept it anymore. No kidding. It's not worth anything. Duh. Gitmo Nation Pasta, although uh, we have very few listeners, I did get a couple of, uh, we actually have like one or two listeners. Uh, the women in Italy, Italia, are uh, so angry at Berlusconi, because there is some anger, and by the way, his lawyers are trying to block the release of pictures of him cavorting with the underage girls, uh, and I'm happy that these lawyers are doing that, because apparently he's naked in them, and, no! and we don't need to see that. That's not necessary. But uh, there's a growing backlash from Italian women, a group planning on throwing their underwear at his mansion in protest at his attitude towards women and his involvement in an alleged prostitution ring. So good start, ladies, but let's go for the shoes. Uh, they make more of a, a, a whacking thumping sound. I don't think throwing your panties is going to do any good. And you can't get much distance. <laughs> you can't, yeah, it's hard to throw. A, it's really, you can't throw the bomb with that. It kind of peters out after a couple of yards. A lot of uh, people are going nuts in Gitmo Nation lowlands about, um, first of all, it, it turns out that uh, in this tiny country, what do they have, 16, 17 million people, per year the police do about 4 million telephone taps. <laughs> 4 million wow. phone taps in this little little tiny country. But they uh, there were a couple of Somalis, they were... Uh, they were uh, trying to track, and they jacked their phones, and their phones were sending back geolocation text messages back to the cops. And everyone's up in arms about this, saying, like, well, hold on a second. How do you do that? Well, we have the technology. We can listen to your phone remotely. So if, you, if your phone is on, they can listen to what's going on in the room. Yep. They just switch it right on. Well, hold on a second. <clears throat> Let me get my iPhone. Uh, send me two pepperoni pizzas, please. Okay. So they can, so this is being admitted right here by the by the uh, by the cops, and uh, they can uh, jack it so that it sends back your location with a text message at regular intervals. And of course, uh, the human resources in Gitmo Nation Lowlands are going. Hey, wait a minute. That might actually uh, happen to me. Well, probably. Gitmo Nation Polo Ponies. Uh, Argentina's Ministry of Truth is threatening to fire the analysts who predicted a 30% inflation. Literally said, go back and do the numbers again, you slave. You can't be right. <laughs> Which is just beautiful. And uh, then finally, in our very own Gitmo Nation, we have um, the USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, uh, deregulating biotech sugar beets. So enjoy that. More. Yeah, we got we, next show. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the new additives that have been approved by the Codex and are basically poison. Monsanto. In your flower. Oh, really? In flower. Oh yeah, this oh, is a good God. one. My wife, you know, who's gone nuts with this egg book. Uh-huh. Her next book is going to be on wheat. 
Oh. And what she's turning up is like enough to make your hair stand on end. Bream of wheat is so good to eat, I can eat it every day. Remember that, cream of wheat? Nope. You don't remember cream of wheat? I never remember that jingle, no. Oh, I grew up with that jingle. Well, all right. Must have been an East Coast thing. (laughs) Yeah, must have been. All right, folks around Gitmo Nation, uh, once again, highly appreciate all of your input and your support for the show. It's very important that you continue to support us because we have no other means of making it roll than by you going to... Dvorak.org slash N-A. And don't don't forget that we can call out the public relations agencies that apparently no media companies do. Can do do that, no. None of them do it. None of them. They never do it, ever. No. No. Not at all. Uh, so if you think you got any value, show us some value, and who knows, karma might be knocking on your door any moment. So coming to you from the headquarters of the thrush, the shoe-throwing revolution here in Gitmo Nation West, People's Republic of Northern California, Southern California, I think the chip is already implanted. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's not Sunday, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda.